ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. I uh, was supposed to be joined by Andrew tonight. He may or may not be showing up later. I'm not sure. Had something come up. But uh, I am joined by our fabulous guest tonight, Peter Howard. Peter, how you doing? This isn't the Trade Addicts podcast. I just saw your name. I was like, <laughs> finally, I'm on. No, no, it's, it's no, all right. no, no, no. I mean, this I mean so I actually mostly, do do another podcast. So I'm that, mostly that's... just disappointed because of that. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, I'm very happy to be here. Podcast. <laughs> and Peter, why don't you late. just uh, remind everyone your Twitter handle, where they can find you, all that good stuff. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Honestly, it's too late. Uh, I think we left it too late. Now, and, uh, uh, my Twitter handle is at PA Howdy for reasons that include being too lazy to finish writing my own name when I signed up in 2012. Uh, and you can find me there mostly. I, I mostly live on Twitter, but you can also find most of my article content posted on either Patreon or mostly DLF. I'm a senior writer over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com with BetSports Group. And of course, Dynasty Crossroads. Don't don't forget that. But oh yeah, I got a podcast and I got a YouTube <laughs> channel. Check out the YouTube channel. Things lit. I like it. But um, <laughs> yeah, you start getting into that, and like people stop listening after you said your name. You know, then <laughs> like if, I don't even know if you've got anything interesting to say, man. I don't really know I, I, if I want to know where I can find you. But yeah, yeah, just PA Howdy. You'll find everything else. Okay, so uh, this is gonna be. We've been doing our uh, rookie series. We uh, we we didn't do an episode last week, but two weeks ago we got into the QBs. Uh, this week we'll be doing some running back talk. Uh, but first, a uh, couple couple not really news items, but just some stuff that's uh, come up the last week. Uh, Andrew actually put this show sheet together, so I'm just gonna go over what he has on here. Um, well, since he can de- deign to be here, I say we just blame anything that goes wrong, including with our analysis on him. I mean, really, it's I, his fault. I he agree. Here, you know, anything, any, any show bad parts terrible. of this show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anything, anything I get wrong, it's, it's Andrew's fault. I don't know. Andrew's fault. That's generally how we do it here. Actually, whatever we have three oh, three hosts yeah. and we rotate. Whoever doesn't show up, they're they're, they're the one that, that gets blamed for anything. It's, it's their fault. <laughs> But he, Aaron Rodgers still a Packer for now. Uh, but I'm just curious your take on on the whole Rodgers situation. How you feel about him going to the Jets? Uh, I mean, I just 
could they get it over with, I guess? Yeah, <laughs> for a long time now, the best way of playing NFL news is wake me up when something happens. Uh, recently, like real recently, the last couple of years, maybe the last year, the NFL's gotten a lot more exciting, a lot more like a dynasty yeah. league, to be honest with you, where things actually do end up happening. Um, but honestly, I still kind of play it and um, wake me up when something happens. Because most of that stuff, like there's no one in your league that's unaware there is an A situation. And so a lot of it's getting baked in. Um, can we count on people double counting or not double counting? I, I think Aaron Rodgers for a while now has been a quarterback. He's, he's, in, he's in his final Tom Brady arc, and I don't think he'll play nearly as long. So we don't have as long of it. But if you can get him as a discount QB with top 12 upside, cool. That's awesome. And I don't care what uniform he wears, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I don't. I think the news is too hype, and I think Rogers is, you know, because Tom Brady is the arc for a guy of his level, um, at least in fantasy. Uh, it's already too baked in. So yeah, I'm I'm uninterested. <laughs> like, um, if I've got him, cool. I've got a quarterback. I'm pretty happy to start in my superflex leagues. Um, or even my one QB leagues, but if you'll let me out for wherever his ADP is right now, I'll probably, yeah, I'll do that too. I can do other things with that value. There's more likely that it's going to go up at a certain point. There are other quarterbacks that can do that and are more discounted. Tom Brady's probably at the end of that arc, like I just said, but I mean, Kirk Cousins still got another year in there maybe. Um, you've got some other quarterbacks like Dak Prescott who are even all younger and still have that potential. Um, but have lost the shiny dynasty. So, like, there are other quarterbacks, and I don't have to fuss with, you know, whether Rodgers is even going to play next year. So that's fun. So if, if you had Rodgers, you might want to try and go up to, like, a, a Dak or something like that, use him for that with, with this Jets possible um, baked in. Well, thing. I can tell you, uh, I, maybe this is a trade addict show. I can tell you uh, recently <laughs> I had um, – it depends how you build your team. That's kind of my whole thing now, lately, over the last uh, recent era of my content. It's like I'm trying to present reasonable expectations and then what I do with them. But what I do with them is really about how I've built that team. Because depending on your draft and your league and your particular situation, I mean, anything could be a good decision. Um, and we tend to give a lot of advice, like, buy this guy. But if, like, you, that can be a bad idea. Like, DJ Moore is a good buy right now for some teams. I think for most, he would be bad. But for a lot of teams in Dynasty, he's a really interesting speculation. If you're looking for points, you have low picks because you've ended up high in the last few years. You have a great roster to put around. You have a solid floor. And, you know, it's not a crazy expectation he could do more than he has done before. If the situation hits right. Um, and it's not valued any more than it was. However, recently going through the DLF trade finder, a lot of those trades that have gone down for DJ Moore have been way too high because the nerds have been way too high on DJ Moore for a while. <laughs> so that was just a random name that's maybe a bad example. But it, in your league, it could be the right. If he's for a 108 and 109 pick in your rookie draft, that could be interesting for the right team. But for most teams, probably not. And what was I talking about? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to tell you what I've done recently in my leagues, but it could be terrible for your situation. I'm just going to throw that out there. But in my leagues, one of the things I've been trying to do is push a lot of value into tight end and quarterback. Typically, especially doing Superflex ranks with DLF, I rank quarterbacks lower on average. I rank the top five or the guys I think are top five 
like significantly higher, even above Superflex rankers. And then after that, there was a strong drop off. And then I would heavily target like the tier two streamer types. I'd have two or three yeah. of those, whereas most people would only want one maybe around after I started trying to draft them. Um, but over the years, especially playing in the DLF pod league and other leagues where people do that strategy a lot more, or a little bit more, I found it increasingly more valuable to, especially in this era, we're seeing the new era of QB right now. Like I've had Pat Mahomes and um, Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts or like two of the guys at quarterback, which is bleeding a lot of your value into that position. My running backs look even slimmer. My wide receivers are even getting a little tarnished. And to make up for it, since there's a premium in some of in most of the leagues I'm talking about with Superflex, I've been going for Kittle. I've been going for Kelsey. Pat Muth was a big buy for me last year. So I've been throwing value at these onesie positions because it's just I'm finding it a really interesting way to attack these strategies of balancing my points per game while still having value to I can change my roster. And one of the things I did last season when I thought I was, and I was more competitive, frankly, and I gave up around week eight, week nine, I realized I was probably in the finals, but it was more time to think about value. And I ended up trading one of my stud quarterbacks and Najee Harris the year before I did the same strat. Um, and pushing it into a position that I think the value holds a little bit better. So I ended up not with two stud quarterbacks, but with Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, who I still thought could still get me into the playoffs. And, you know, everyone's got a puncher's chance. Um, but now in the offseason, I've got Aaron Rodgers sitting on my bench and I just described how I feel. It's not the <laughs> good. It's not the tier one quarterback in the tier two spot. Um, but this offseason, we have been blessed in Dynasty, if you think like I do, with a bad Kyler Murray, a bad Lamar Jackson, and a bad Dak Prescott. Honestly, I think he's interesting value arc. Like people are skittish um, because of the situations that are going on with them. And no, I haven't, however, you read them, whether no matter how much risk you think is in that or not, these are true blue top five quarterbacks, proven great max stud and two QB dynasty upside that are certainly easier to trade for. And I'm always interested in that. And Kyler Murray is not going to be playing till the end of next season. Lamar Jackson, we hope he finds a home soon. Um, and where, when I can go for the player that I think is good and bet that the situation changes, I will always take that bet. And so I approached Lamar Jackson under and ended up like throwing two firsts on top of Aaron Rodgers with a, a wide receiver that I think is only valuable to me. I think that was just a kick in my teeth because I was he knew I was taking advantage of him a little bit for Lamar Jackson. Um, so that's kind of my approach when I have Aaron Rodgers, what I'm trying to do with him. I'm trying to put something with him and then go up into my max tier. Now, you can't and you shouldn't always add two first-round picks. One was in 25 because I have very few first-round picks in most of my dynasty leagues, so I had to go pretty far out. Um, but you can sometimes find that value. Like maybe they... You don't want to give up your 25 first, but you have Tony and the person you're trying to trade with is really interested in him this year. He's not really a late first value. You can trade him for that straight up, but you probably could add him to a trade. And if the person you're trying to trade with is interesting or excited about Tony and there's valid reasons for believing that, then you can make that trade exciting for them. So even though they're getting rid of Lamar, they're getting rid of that concern, that risk. Um, and you're giving them something that they're excited for, for Aaron Rodgers and a first and whatever player they're excited for. So that tends to be the way I try and fish um, when I have these, when I have an Aaron Rodgers type, Aaron Rodgers type player on my 
my, my bench or oh, my roster, sorry. And to be fair, there's very few Aaron Rodgers types. Um, but unlike Tom Brady, and again, go, go back to the weird dynasty comparison, Tom Brady's value just sunk like a lot earlier than right now with Aaron Rodgers. I think we learned from Tom Brady not to undervalue quarterbacks, even when they get slightly insanely old compared to other positions, right. um, but younger than me, to be fair. Um, <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is still a solid top 12 dynasty quarterback. You know, most ADP, most keep trade cut ranks are going to put him in there. Um, and so it's harder to buy low on Aaron Rodgers. So instead, I'm using him like a tier two quarterback, even though he has that tier one upside in terms of production, to try and get the younger or even better upside guy. Someone like Kyler Murray, someone like Kyler Jack, uh, someone like Lamar Jackson. And I literally just keep talking, Rocky. Like, I know Andrew's not here. It's I'm just letting fault. you go, man. <laughs> you just got to be rude sometimes. You got to be rude sometimes. Like, I, I just wandered so far off the point and found my own way back. Like, I don't know. But I just, yeah, that's was, an example of something I've it. done recently with Aaron Rodgers. So. That's not hypothetical. It's literally something I'm trying to do. But again, in a league where you're not trying to build that way, it might not be the best idea, but you could go looking. I would go looking for a lead upside, though, especially in a super flex. Um, and you have Aaron Rodgers. Even if you have to add to him, you can get the elite upside at tight end. Like Kelsey and, and Kittle both have it. And again, there's a little bit of a skittishness in Dynasty because they won't be able to play him in 10 years. Well, no, you won't. But um, <laughs> you'll be able to play them this year, and they have positional advantage that very few quarter tight ends can give you. And Kyle Pitts, if you're more interested in that side of the dynasty landscape for your roster, first time in human history, he's suddenly a reasonable value in dynasty. Not great. He's not, quote-unquote, cheap. He's not easy. But um, you could try switching positions just to get out of that if your team is more built towards not having to not trying to stop premium assets of the quarterback position. So yeah, that's what I, especially when someone carries name value and you really should expect if he's playing, you should expect Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the team switch changes too much. Um, Aaron Rodgers makes wide receivers good. I think he's a large part for the high touchdown production we see in Green Bay. And um, no matter what you, I, or, or Blues McGee thinks about him, as far as football goes, he, he he's pretty good at it. Um, and until they stopped being pretty good at it, literally on the field, and with Peyton Manning, it was his very last year where he was clearly not good anymore. Um, then I'll keep believing they're good until they prove me other, prove me wrong. Yeah, and I'm, I'm again, Rocky. You like just you said, uh, there, there was a lot like, you said hey, there. Weird um, <laughs> English guy, shut the hell up. I, no, I love That's it. That's what you like, have to. No, go for it. We talked about our missing Andrew. I, I wasn't supposed to be the lead host tonight. So if you want to just talk all the whole show and I'll just sit back and listen, I'm fine. I with got you, man. But, I got you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you, you said a lot there. One thing I did, there's nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I love the tight end point because I've been that way for a while now, actually, where, where I, I like investing in elite tight ends. And you can get Kittle and, and Kelsey cheaper than you used to be able to. So, uh, and they're, they're two of like three or four guys that really matter at this point. So, uh, and with Rogers, that's, I mean, well, I kind of, one thing to point out and I didn't, sorry. No, no, go, go. go. I, I answer from the point of view of Superflex by default. Um, oh, and yeah, this, non-Superflex we talk doesn't on have Superflex any of this name cachet because yeah. he, you know, yeah. Yeah. That, the, just we, to throw that out there, but still that makes switching position a little easier. You can do Aaron Rodgers straight up for all of those guys in a one QB league and someone with a more struggling quarterback position might be interested in it. And Superflex are a little sharper or a little stronger on the QB value. Um, but that's interesting. Um, 
but yeah, the onesie positions, man, there's still there's still some edges there because as tight end and quarterback aren't that hard to figure out. I mean, quarterback's actually one of the hardest positions to figure out in the world ever, but <laughs> not when it's figured out, if you know what I mean. Like we know Jalen Hurts is good. Like stop stop guessing about the draft capital. We know Lamar uh, Jackson's pretty good. We know um, that Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. So just wait till people panic because they don't know the future. And sometimes he can just bet on the past. There he is. It's all his fault. I saw Look him. Who decided officer, to show I'm up? Blame that man. <laughs> uh, Andrew, you're muted or something. We can't hear you. Uh, okay, so I, I was just going to say too, but with, with Rogers, uh, he's kind of the guy. Uh, you may or may not know. Because <laughs> I, I, I think you'd listen to trade addicts that I, I tend to build. Uh, you know, my quarterback, I don't go for the elite guys usually. So Rodgers is kind of one of my guys that I, I, I don't mind acquiring right now, actually, just for himself, not not to trade up or, or like you said, into a deck or something like that. Because, like you said, we had that Brady for years where no. you could get him so cheap and and he was giving you points upon yeah. points upon points. And I think Rodgers, no, Rodgers I is doing that should be default. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. cheap quarterback, late round QB was it launched uh, a movement for a reason, and it's still true in superflex. <laughs> like again, yeah, you get people I treat panicking superflex on that way. Maybe pretty they won't much. be good anymore, or maybe Ben Roethlisberger ends it. But okay, you've got a QB two for less than QB two prices. Brock Purdy probably cost as much as Ben Roethlisberger in his last few years, and it's like okay, he's not the Ben Roethlisberger, but like I got it for Brock Purdy prices, and sure, why not? Like I, I think that should be default, but again, when you're you're just trying to explore different ways to build, and I really kind of again because quarterback and tight end are a little easier to read. Like wide receiver has a lot less turnover year to year, especially in dynasty in the top twelve than running back, but tight end and quarterback like solid. Unless there was a trend I used to follow and used to write up on DLF, where every now and again for like two or three years in a row, like. Any young quarterback who showed any promise would immediately become a top five dynasty quarterback, and it was like sell season. It's like, nope, not doing this. <laughs> not doing this. Just sell that guy. Um, but we've got again the market learns it and it adjusts. And now it's like Jalen Hurts took a second to get in the top five just because they're a little sharp on the draft. And then Dag Prescott flirted with it. He's finished in the top five twice with difference making points, and everyone's still like, man. But you know. Tony Romo <laughs> might come take the job, I guess. Um, and the offensive coordinator is going to probably tank that team a little bit. But you got CeeDee Lamb plus Brandon Cooks plus like Jack Prescott has been consistently good. So you can still find – sorry, I've gone off. But, yeah, I love um, investing more heavily in what I'm roughly terming tier two quarterbacks. But, uh, again, in, in some super flex leagues, again, in shop – I keep saying the word again – Again, it's late. I just got off work. I'm trying my best. Okay, I've, you <laughs> should see the the stuff Andrew has pulled, uh, and it's all his fault. Um, even though he's now here, uh, but yeah, um, sometimes and in some leagues, and I talk about this a lot with my patrons and in Discord. It's like you just have to exploit what's given to you. Like in the Dynasty Grind yesterday, a live stream show we do, we're trying to talk to uh, someone about one trade or other. They just couldn't find trades on the old veterans who are all meant to be discounted. It's like, okay, that's great. You've learned something about your league. 
because the general advice is true. I say it all the time. But what they always forget to follow up on is if your league is like, no, you can't have Nick Chubb. You can't have Mike Evans. That's okay because they have to value someone above someone. Actually, they don't because you've got 12 people and it can all intermix. But what all you're doing is prodding and poking around. No, a league can't shut Dynasty play down. You're just looking for what they might um, value differently than you do. It's not even under or over value because we're all going to get stuff wrong. But you're trying to build the best team you think you can. So you just go prodding. And if they're like, no, these old guys are set. I'm like, okay, what do you think about Drake London? Drake London's ADP is a little bit too low. Someone's creating that. Is Are those people in your league? And if not, sure, cool. Do they really hate DJ Moore? Because DJ Moore, I mean, somewhere... And if not, you're just trying to draft as best as you can or maybe find another league with Russ Fisher in it because he will trade constantly for almost <laughs> anything uh, and really helps the league I, get moving. I'm already in enough and It doesn't mean Russ you have Fisher to leave that league, but I mean, that's <laughs> dynasty play. Not every not every trade is possible in every league, and that's just part of playing in dynasty. And so that's why I was mentioning in the DLF pods league, specifically the one I was thinking about, Like, I just don't find a lot of edge of wide receiver and running back. They're sharp or they know when to be um where their weaknesses are and they guard against it not guard because we're not actively we don't know the future um so maybe they're a little less or more gun shy about trading what i'll find in in adp or on keep trade cut that i think is maybe uh, a good way to go but at quarterback like me and you we've both been playing for a long time we do ranks we've done content default is a really good way just to maybe just like cousins instead of Mahomes a little bit and add some elite tiers like that's it yep. and so cousins i found even guy. in that league there's still a lot of people who know that and so they're more willing to let you throw value at the quarterback position and honestly there are some advantages to it again if everything is done at value and you do a reasonably good job of predicting the value future if not the actual nfl future and um, then you can always fix it even if you just have to go to a full rebuild so you're just looking for an edge to make the best team you can and there's some edges to just having two players consistently every week giving you a 10-point advantage. Like, okay, I've just got to find wide receivers and running backs. Like, okay, that's what I'm looking for on this league. Not my preference, but definitely something that's possible. And I've already got this positional advantage. So that's pretty neat. And in other leagues, that doesn't exist because everyone's like, nope, nope, my home's or I die. And you just can't <laughs> find that edge because no one will give yeah. you that. But eh, anyway, I'm going on. But I think yeah, it's, it's is my mic is my mic working? Is my yes. mic working? Are we good? And Andrew, oh, the, there he is, finally. <laughs> Andrew, the only, the only thing we've done on the show sheet is the Aaron Rodgers point, and I know, I Peter went it. off on like six different tangents. <laughs> this it. is me. I love this it. is me talking You're doing about great, the first Peter. question, by the way, Andrew. <laughs> I, I want to say this because I, I love I love I this told monologuing. Him, just tell me to shut up. <laughs> no, I love this monologuing because I, you're you're yeah, nailing it. You're hitting all the great points. The other thing I'll say to kind of piggyback on this, which I mean, maybe it's already been said, it's been a minute. Um, but I think the longer I play fantasy football, like the longer I play dynasty, the more I'm okay with those like worst quarterbacks. Right. Like I feel like when I yeah. started, I really needed to have the good ones. Like I really wanted to have like, welcome Burrow to my Herbert. world, Andrew. Well, <laughs> and this is kind of what I'm saying. Like the longer you play this, the more you're okay with the worst options because you're like, I can make it work. Right. Like you're just like, I, I, you know, I've been through this. I've done this a while. I'm okay with like breaking Mahomes down over the course of years into where you get to, you know, Carr and cousins as your top two quarterbacks. And you're like, I can make it work. (laughs) Right. And it's like, it's not pretty, but you're like, I don't mind it. I I can figure it out. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe there are a lot of people who are listening to this who are junkies as well, who have been playing for a long time, 
who are thinking the same thing, right? So I love it. Yeah, I think I love you it can fully. build better teams. Like I, I, I hear and see teams all the time. Like, how did you get that much? But I think assuming a decent league, and not that it's decent's the wrong word. It's like you're in a bad league if no one, if someone well, lets you. You can just be really sharp. You can draft well every year. It is. I've seen Jake Anderson, my former co-host, like build monsters sure. up against some of the best. Like you can do it. Don't get me wrong, but I think. My reasonable expectation is I'm not going to have Mahomes, Lamar, also Jefferson, also Chase, also Kelsey. I just don't think I'm going to be able to do that in most leagues. And assuming that not everyone else is, you know, I'm playing against straw men, literally. Um, And so the decision tends to be where you're going to take your weakness, where you're going to try and find your strength. And you just kind of have to, it's a, it's, and so are they. So is everyone else in your league. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of this open back and forth of where you get to take your weakness. Where are you? And that's what I find most dynasty play to be. Um, yeah, which is you know it, it goes to what Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies and Louis Pasiga from oh, yeah. DLF say. It's like know your league mates. I suck at that bit. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Well, it's pretty obvious. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I mean, come on, I'll talk to anyone. Um, but yeah, developing those relationships, remembering people's names. I'm, I suck at all of that. But like, if you get well, so the week, here's the if you're playing with your friends and you just know they're going to like, I don't know why I keep doing the Kadarius Tony and um, that type <laughs> of player more. I mean, that's you can work with that. You know, it helps to make what, trades. To here, here's what I like about our show and what I love that you're on this. And again, sorry for being late, but like we actually talk to people who are in leagues, right? We we get these, we find rosters and we find leagues that are stale. Right or that won't trade, or that can't trade, or whatever. And then we come up with ideas of like, well, here's what I would do, right? And there have been a number of times that we, we've been doing this for years now, right? And there are a number of times we find a league where, you know, nobody can get a trade done or what have you. And then we figure out a trade and they go, that broke it open. Like that, that kicked the whole thing wide open. Because there's a lot of times I feel like, especially with trading, uh, people don't want to lose a trade. Or they don't want to like, you know, I'm looking at the calculator and I have to win a trade in order to accept it and whatever. No, and that's I'll fine. Try and here's, win a trade. <laughs> well, th- here's the thing. I'm fine with that. If, if that's the way your league is, then that's the way your league is, right? Like there are, def- I'm in some leagues like that too, where there are, there are people that are just a bear to trade with. They're just like, no, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, want to, you know, I, it's just, everything has to be about value. I'm a, I'm, I'm an advocate for calculators as a tool and saying, Hey, that's a great reason to look something up and like figure out what you're going to do. I don't think that you should live and die by them. Right. But there are definitely people out there that do. And that's what makes it so interesting is that every league is so unique. And there are leagues where Aaron Rodgers is probably still attainable for a second or a third. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to give yeah, up much. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome, yeah. right? And if you do, then you do, and you don't. And you you have to give up a lot. You decide not to do that. You're like, that's fine. Um, and that's kind of what makes this whole game so much fun is that there is no one true answer. And we talk about this all the time. Like value is kind of an inherently, I don't know, wrong thing. And you can't hit on this. Like the, the value in your league is going to be different than the value in, in my I league. mean, ultimately... Yeah, everyone's got their own. Yeah, value is we have an idea. We have a quote unquote market. Right. It's like the checkers version of chess when we're talking about <laughs> markets. But come on, we're we're trying yeah. our best. And then, um, yeah, exactly. You just kind of got to work with your league. I always say, I always think, as long as trade offers are getting rejected, that's not a dead league. Like if people oh. are looking and paying attention to emails, like that's that's a high bar to cross with both dynasty leagues. And you're right, talking to people playing in leagues. I often get the impression we're doing a lot of dynasty content wrong. It's like it, it misses the mark. And we often try and it's like, here's what we think, but how do you put that into practice? It's difficult. I actually had Matt Price from DLF on the podcast once. Oh, love Matt. Yeah, I saw him. Ex- 
I, I saw him execute something I'd only ever seen said on podcasts in theory. You know, you listen to this generic, this is how you get your league to do stuff. And you're like, yeah, sure, buddy, do that with my league. But in a DLF, like all analysts, all stodgy people, set, they have very strict values. They know what they think. And no one was moving because kind of, they were kind of waiting for the draft. Like we're waiting for 2023 at this point. I saw him get everyone to start acting in a leap period. And, you know, it wasn't, there were people, very stubborn people. When they get good at something, they get very stubborn, I find. And Matt Price literally walked in and day one was like, all right, I'm getting to get you all to move just slightly to the left. And once he gets you moving slightly to the left, everyone's dancing by the end of the week. And then, <laughs> so I had him on. I was like, how do you do that? Because I know the the idea was just tell everyone you're going to trade a player for something, the best offer. And I was like, I've heard that. And that makes sense. But I've never actually seen someone manage it because most people are like, yeah, sure. But I have a life. And I'm not going to be sending <laughs> you different trades with third round picks in it. And But he made it fun. He kept the group chat interested. And it was really interesting to see. And I was like, have you done that any other way? And he was trying to list other ways of trying. And it's really difficult, honestly. And, oh, yeah. and that's where I came to. As long as you're getting some kind of response. There's a reject chains now and again. They respond to a shit post in your group chat. That's not a dead league. I'd say that's about a high bar for Dynasty play. Like, a, like a, I've pulled back a little bit now. And every now and again, I think about exaggerating it to having 20, 20 leagues. Because that was fun, too. Sure. But, um now I've got five leagues, uh, five, six leagues in the Scott Fishball every year, mostly. And like everyone's active. I know everyone, like we're talking anyway. And so it just becomes another way of talking to each other. But um, I do remember like 17 out of 20 leagues and you would never hear from anyone. You you were surprised to find there were starting oh. rosters, frankly. And um, I think that's the average experience in Dynasty. And I think we lose that the more fun we have and getting involved in the community and and then you go to your league and you want to execute some of it. And you're like, man, this is dead. Um, and so I had Matt Price on. I was like, how do you get people who just will not move to the left slightly to move to the left slightly? And it's really interesting. He's really interesting to talk to. I think Matt's got it got it pretty sussed. Sorry, I'm just going on again. You see, Look, Matt, he's he on the show. You're doing great, mm -hmm. Peter. You're doing great. No, I, I think what you're, you're hitting <laughs> on is kind of a lot of topics that we, we get on a lot, right? It's that, you know, every league is unique. Every league is different. Every, uh, every, every, it's kind of why I joined so many, right? To kind of hear you say like there are 20, right. like I like the ability to trade and, and have different varieties of leagues. I know Scott, who's not on this week, uh, you know, who's in 40 leagues. He likes being able to have a portfolio and be able to go into a certain league and say, hey, you know, I've, I've got way too many Zeke shares. I want to get rid of some and just like start sending offers, right? And like, that's the fun part to some people is just being able to have a lot of platforms to do this, you know? So I, I fully admit that that's one of the reasons I joined more leagues well, is that it's like, I just like trading. So let's go get some more. You know what I mean? The other interesting part of that is everything that's given out is good advice. Like we all follow the same people and we listen, we all know who Evan Silver is and Matthew Berry's fun. And uh, you know, you know, we all follow, obviously we follow John Bosch just trying to get, get of course, follow a little bit. <laughs> um, but absolutely king of value in my opinion and um, for real. But um, where was I going on that? Everything we play works with leagues with these people. <laughs> everything works. No, I, what the other thing I think is everything works at volume. If you can execute any of those strategies, even the ones that I hate and I would argue against, if you're doing it right consistently at volume, if you're playing the way any of the any of us on podcasts are saying, it works. You'll win significantly more than fifty percent. There's a reason that these people are smart and big in the community or have jobs with sites. But if you're just playing in A-League or me playing in five, like nothing works 
when you're not playing at volume. You can't play run it robuster RB or even zero RB doesn't it does work, but it doesn't work um just for a single league over because you're you're playing the odds and it's like playing in a Vegas casino. If you play one hand of cards, it doesn't mm. matter what your strategy is, even if it's good, you're not gonna win. And then you've got luck, so even a good strategy is gonna win <laughs> over a significant <laughs> sample size. But yet Dynasty is something like that. It's the only way I can like TJ Hernandez from the 444 podcast, he's got a strong history as a poker player. And I never really understood that, not being a poker player. It's like, I don't get how you're saying. But when I started to think about the way we're trying to play, it kind of made sense to me. One, you're playing your opponent more than you're playing the actual reality of what the cards are, what players do. And two, it's about volume. I mean, if you want to execute a strategy, then it's all about volume. And most of us are playing in two, three, maybe one league, or even 27 with the same people. So it's not really volume. Um, so you can't diversify when you've got five leagues. It's like there's no, like 33% is like two Zeke shares. I mean, come on, that's yeah. not yeah. diversification. Sorry, uh, again, I've shut up. But yeah, you're doing great, Peter. But I, I do want to say this too. Scampers is in the chat, right? Fan of the show. You keep and saying that, which he... makes me think I'm not. Oh, you're doing great. Uh, but and for me, the op- <laughs> it's, it's the same for him. It's the opposite. Having limited leagues makes me feel more invested, passionate about every move. And I think that's where I started is that I was like, well, I only have a couple leagues, right? Like, it's like, I only have a couple leagues. So I want to make sure that I'm doing these right. But at the same time, it, it's kind of like, if you're only in a couple leagues and you can't get something done, you, you just have to move on. But when you're in 20, you can almost always find something. And that's kind of what it comes down to is that when I started yeah, um, playing Dynasty, it was that's nice part of the reason I cut down again because my perspective was really skewed. I was like, I can I can play Dynasty, I've got it, right. I figured it out. And then you tell people what to do, and Clyde Edwards sucks at his value last year, and you're like, oh. Yeah, but it's okay. And they're like, Why? And I'm like, Oh, you don't play in 99 leagues, right? Right, 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 right. Um, and so you start cutting back, and like that trade I just mentioned, like that is a significant trade for me. It's one of one of the leagues I care about the most out of five. And like that's not like it's a it's something I'm literally doing, and it really matters. It's not taken care of if it doesn't work out. Like I that sucks if that trade doesn't work out for me. Um, or like again, the dynasty dummies say, like we're telling you literally what we do in our league, not our leagues. <laughs> like there's not a hundred to make up for it. It's um what you would actually do if you had one league. I started asking well, questions that were my podcast. It's like, if you had one league, who would you trade for? Don't give me this. I would trade for this guy, that guy, that guy. Like, you don't have that much value to spread around. I've seen your teams. You're lucky to get one. So which one guy would you target? Or, you know. Well, so before we get into running backs, I know you guys have obviously talked We've talked about one, one topic on the sheet, which I think is terrific. But uh, I also want to make sure we hit some of the other, you know, other topics. <laughs> But I can just rest real quick. Here. I don't care. Well, it's funny because like there really hasn't been any running back talk, and I'm I'm kind of taking over the show, Rocky. Take take it or leave it. I'm um, fine. I, I I'll just let you two go, and I'll just watch you. This is perfect. <laughs> so the other thing that I put on the show sheet was just for news. Like just well, there hasn't really been a lot of news, right? Like there hasn't been a lot of like in the last week or two weeks, even because we haven't had a, a show in a couple weeks. There really hasn't been a whole lot of running back related news, let alone like any free agency news. It's all kind of like dried up. And so the other things I put on here was like Sam Howell to the moon, yeah. which was like everybody going crazy about Sam Howell. And then like Desmond Ritter to the sky. You know what I mean? Like other people are like, he's the guy he's going to get. The-. So like, it just, it's a lot of quarterback talk with Rogers too. But like, I, I just, I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty with Trey Lance, the news coming out this week that Lance may not be the starter. And he's having to like fight for second string opportunities with Darnold. Like, well, I don't know how much I believe of this. 
Like, I don't know how much I care. Yeah, about I think this. that's all coach GM. Well, that's speak. kind of what I'm saying. Like, this I is all just that time of year where there's coach speak all over. It goes again to right? what we were saying, though. Like, if your league is more dynasty brained, which is a severe condition that needs money raised for it, I think dynasty brain is a condition that needs more attention paid to it. But, like, if they think Desmond Ritter has more value than Aaron Rodgers because he's going to be worse for longer, then, then yes, you can <laughs> trade for Aaron Rodgers in that league. That is uh, such a good way to put it. He's going to be worse for yeah, longer. <laughs> Um, yeah, how think, uh, Sam Howe's yeah. a little interesting, but again, below that, way below that tier, as that guy, he might be the Gardner Minshew of this year kind of a thing. You don't have oh. a lot of hope long term, even for multiple years, but you think he can be a starter in the league, fairly accurate in college, a decent above average profile as a prospect. Zach Reed, again, from the Dynasty Dummies, because that's the only podcast other podcast I know, obviously, other than this one, and liked him as a prospect. And Washington has some decent firepower at receiver if you need to believe in that there are weapons. Um, so, yeah, I don't hate Sam Howe, but we're talking about a different type of dynasty thing here. We're not. Right. Uh, are they going to have value and trade for multiple years? It's like Sam Howe might be decent. Yeah, I like that, especially if I was playing a redraft league and playing ultra late round QB. Sam Howe will be interested. Well, probably that's not exactly really. what it's about. Is, is it, he's going to get some guy. of these guys. You can get some of these guys and like hold them on your roster and put them as your QB three or four or five or what have you, and, and actually maybe pull off something you know down the road. We are as as Russ always says, and I know he was even just saying this on uh, on Twitter this week, where it's like we don't need lineups. You know, like we don't need to worry about lineups right now. Like if you're worrying about your lineup, you're doing it wrong. It's March. I, even if you're listening to this, well, it's I April. think the best. Still, yes. come on. Russ is awesome, and that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> one thing I would say is. The lesson here might be you're about to enter rookie draft season, like the 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 terrible Hunter Hookers of the world. Like just draft them third, fourth round yep. picks. Sure, it's tight end, it's quarterback, it's running back, it's quarterback and superflex, or even one QB. And like stop taking flyers on your favorite wide, which is something I find very difficult to do. But there's just way too many flyers at wide receiver and tight end, quarterback and running back are just a lot more consistent. And like Raider and How, even in their rookie drafts, like third round picks in a super flex and suddenly you might trade him for a second like that probably is the lesson well That's so let's... Point too. i was just gonna say I, I try to avoid wide receiver after the mid second round or so i just try to ignore wide receiver for the rest of my rookie drafts because those yep. guys hardly ever pan out and at least with like running backs you might get a guy that's an injury away guy that that, that yeah exactly you like four starts or something where you know he's going to score fairly well or something like the that. data backs you up there yeah yeah i would say it uh when it hits wide receiver he goes hard in the paint kind of a thing like it's yeah. 2017 and every third round pick becomes cooper cup then okay <laughs> maybe we should take a flyer or two but it's it, it's kind of uh, it's feast or famine with wide receiver this rookie draft i don't exactly we need the draft to really figure that out but I think it's heavy running back. It's somewhat similar to 2017, but I don't want to make those comparisons because that would be insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do think there's some value wide receiver. But like you said, by the time you get to the end of the second round, hopefully they're all gone and your league mates are maybe not the sharpest. I don't know. Well, and, and let's use that as a way to pivot to our actual topic of the night, right? And let's get some meat on this because I think we can go on hours for uh, Peter. Honestly, we could talk for literally three hours about these. I'm good. I, I like to say I've got just eight hours of grinding spreadsheets staring me in yeah. the face. This is, this, <laughs> I this know. This is it. Well, so let's let's talk about these running backs, right? So the the top twelve running backs according to DLF March ADP, 
top 12 rookie running backs. The first one, not a shock to anyone, Bijan Robinson, right? I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. surprised to see him at the top. Uh, number two, Jameer Gibbs. Number three, Zach Charbonnet. Number four, Devin Shane. Number five, Zach Evans. RB6, Sean Tucker. Running back seven, Kendry Miller. Running back eight, Tyje Spears. Number nine, Roshan Johnson. Number 10, Tank Bigsby. Sorry, number 11, Israel Abedekanda, <laughs> which we'll talk about. Number 12, Chase Brown. So if you're looking at these 12 running backs, like that seems like a pretty average idea. Like here's 12 running backs in the rookie draft that you can go get. The ADP ranges from one, obviously, Bijan to 28 in theory and ranking Chase Brown. So 28 is an early third. Like if we're looking at this, like that's a pretty deep 12 running backs. There's obviously quarterbacks. There's obviously tight ends. There's obviously receivers. But for 12 running backs, in, in most places, you're only going to get one or two of these guys if you have normal draft picks, right? It, you're looking at 12 solid running backs in the first two and a half rounds. I mean, like, that's a lot of good running backs. And I think that's where we wanted to kind of get into some of the meat of this tonight. And the way I put it down here, too, is like, well, let's let's try to tier these running backs up. I think everybody would agree Bijan is pretty, pretty much in his own tier. I don't think that that's shocking. I don't think that that's weird. I think the way that this is lining up, there's really nobody that you would even consider ahead of him in running backs or even any other position, really. He's the consensus 101 in every rookie draft. But after that, I think it gets kind of interesting. And so that was where I thought we could have the conversation and saying, <clears throat> we don't need to get into the depths of each running back. We don't need to have a whole hoot nanny about all these guys. Again, <laughs> shout out Zach Reed and the whole dummies. That's not our game. That's not what we do, right? Uh, on the junkies here, we are not film buffs. We are not data spreadsheet buffs like you, Peter. Like We're not looking at all the numbers and trying to figure out every single in- individual aspect. The logic I'm looking at is how do we compile all this information together? How do we take all these informa- these different data points in and say, okay, where can I come out of this and think, hey, there is a tier that I want, this second or third tier of running back, and if there's three of them in that tier, I'm willing to wait until I get the third, right? That's where I think as a drafter, I like to know that stuff. And so I guess, Rocky, I'll start with you just because, I mean, obviously we're, we're on the same page a little bit when it comes to Robinson, but where would you go next? What is your second tier of running back after Bijan? Do you know? Do you have one? Yeah, I guess it makes sense you go to me because Peter's talked about 80% of the show. I so feel like far, it's only so. fair. You got to talk somehow. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm with consensus on the top three uh Gibbs would be next and those top three are the only three I'd have in the first round of rookie drafts same here Uh, and it's kind of weird like I am I'm I'm not a film buff I I'm not that good enough that I'm going to call myself that but I I do do the uh I, I do do the film watching thing as much as I can and I'm kind of in the middle of the running backs now I've seen about half of these guys maybe seven maybe seven or eight at most um, and I have seen the top three and, and they're kind of each in their own tier to me because uh, yep. Bijan's clearly, you know, ahead of everyone else. And then Gibbs is that pass catching weapon, um, but but has some um, running ability as well. And Charbonnet, uh, when I when I looked at him, really impressed me like more than I expected. Uh, he's easily the RB3 for me. And it's closer to closer to Gibbs for me than he is to anyone after him. I would agree. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's a very good running back. Uh, he does. He's not a weapon out of the out of the backfield, but I, he can do it. I mean, he had a 36 catch season in college, so uh, mm-hmm. I, I like him a lot. And, and he's a guy you're going to get in the late first, probably, probably like nine, ten, something like that. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, for the value, I almost like him over Gibbs for the value you're going to get because Gibbs is going to go at like five, and I, I'd almost rather have Charbonnet at ten rather than Gibbs at five. 
Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at too. And I think when it comes to these, you know, top 12 running backs, I mean, there, there's a lot of good value here. But, and I think Peter mentioned this before, we still need to see where the draft lands these people too. Yes, definitely. Right. Because especially That'll with running things. backs, I mean, talent matters, but opportunity is king when it comes to running back. Um, I think with a receiver, you can have a talented receiver be the third option on a team and become the top option. Uh, I mean, we saw this a couple of years ago with AJ Brown, right? Going to Tennessee, everybody's like, oh, he's crap. He's not going to do anything. And he did fine. Like he was, he's AJ Brown, right? And then, you know, another year we had a player like Jalen Rigger go to the Eagles, should be good and was crap. Uh, so it's kind of like you a little bit, it's, receivers are a little bit weirder, right? But with running backs, I feel like you kind of know pretty quickly if they're going to be something because when they get drafted, they're drafted to be something. Um, and I think I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Charbonnet is the last one I would take in the first. I wouldn't mind a Shane if, if we can get, you know, a better landing spot or some sort of clear picture, you know, after the NFL draft, I wouldn't mind bumping him up to the end of that first with Charbonnet. But I mean, again, for me, the first tier is Bijan. The second tier is Gibbs. And that third tier is Charbonnet. I'm right there with you. I think they're all separated from each other. And then after that, it gets kind of murky for me. And I think yeah. you can almost look at it like one big flat tier as like second round running backs. Like all of those guys are kind of, they're going to be all over the place depending on where they land and what the draft capital is and all this. I mean, if we see like Sean Tucker go in, in the first round, right, that's going to boost his value really high in, in rookie drafts. We saw it with CEH. It happens to those kind of players all the time where it's like, oh, the team really likes him. We should definitely give him a little bit more attention or we should boost him up or what have you. Um, so I think that's still where we see some of that happening. But if you look at that, like Devin Ashane to Tajay Spears is kind of all a, a, a tier to me where you got Ashane, Evans, Tucker, Miller, Spears. That's all kind of like one blob tier for now because we just don't know enough of where it's going from there. And then I think for me, it's it's Johnson, Bigsby. And again, I like Bigsby a lot, but I think he could jump out of that tier. But Johnson, Bigsby, Anaconda, and Brown, which is kind of its own like late second, early third tier for me. And I do think we'll get more clarity as we get draft capital and landing spots that all come in. But I guess, Peter, is that sort of where you are with these tiers? Or do you have a different idea of how you're ranking these running backs heading into rookie drafts? Okay, boys, buckle up. Uh, everything else was just like a, get my notes. That was a warm-up. Um, no, so this is kind of where I don't make money, but if I made money, this is where I make my money in the dynasty space. This is the stuff I do well. Like I, yep. I'm not, despite how I like to feign, I have no, I fight arrogance on a daily basis. I have no uh, need for an ego, but I, I know whereof I speak when it comes to what I'm about to say. And then we're going to talk about ranks, which is back to where I'm just as, like everyone else guessing in the dark. Um, I really like your question of what do you do from here? Like, here's the top, tw like, where do I, like, I'm not an expert in any of that, because that's literally where I started playing fantasy. I was literally drafted into a league, well, wrong word, and just as a th as a 12th man, because they didn't want the league to die kind of a thing. And I had to figure it out on the fly, and I'm still there. I'm not, I'm not even ever going to invest the time to try to become an expert on tape, because it's funny at this point, and I don't know stats. <laughs> really, I had to pick up what I could pick up. So, trying to find a process when you don't have the arrogance to think you're better than anyone else or anything else particularly is hard. And that's where I came out to as I am a historian. Let's look at what happens more often in most cases and just use that as a default. It's not going to repeat year over year. The average doesn't hit on a yearly basis ever, but it gives you an expectation. And you can move on from there. The first thing to know yeah. is that DLF ADP or any ADP DLF is my, my, my home base. So maybe you think I'm biased, but if you're using keep trade cut, if you're looking at groups assessment of rookie ranks, especially at running back, but I'll get to that. 
it's pretty good top 12. There's going to be someone outside of it. There's going to be someone that pops off in the pre-draft. There's going to be a miss rank. One of the famous ones is, well, we didn't get it right in that year. Um, 2017 was when Leonard Fournette was drafted, right? Yes. Yeah. He was running back one in DLF ADP. That wasn't right. It's like, yeah, but Leonard Fournette was pretty pretty good, and that's the miss year. (laughs) If you're looking at the running back one in any reasonable sample of ADP from any particular site, but use DLF because DLF, home base, and stuff – that's probably the running back one. And before you go to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that was all narrative. If you look at any sample of ADP from DLF or anywhere else, Jonathan Taylor was it. Donald yeah. Taylor was him. No one was. But we were debating landing spot at the time, and that got into some people's psyche. But So you can rely on ADP significantly, especially at running back in rookie drafts. It's consistent over time. We get running back right, more right than we have a right to do. And as you were talking about wide receiver, yeah, it's a little hinky. It's a little weird. And um, Corey yes. Davis is having Cooper Cups go in the third round. You can take more shots. That's just the thing to know. You don't have to be an expert on anything to know that wide receiver, you can let your feet frag fly just a little bit. Do it at value because <laughs> it's dynasty. But honestly, we know less. We get it right less. Or reality yeah. disagrees I... with what should happen more, perhaps. But at running back, you can be a little more trusting. That doesn't mean I, you should. I'm so glad you said job. that about. I just want to say I was, I'm so glad you said that because I've been trying to make this point for a while that especially with the elite running backs, like we get it right, like a whole. I don't have percent, like, but a lot of the out. time, and like people want to point out that quarterback holds value. Those running backs hold value too because we usually get it right. Like, yep. And even if we, do, even if they don't massively produce, like Javante Williams had ridiculous value for like. A year and a half still does because, kind of really yeah it kind of does yeah but it, it, when you you have those like top two or three guys that everyone agrees are, are the best three guys in the draft they're usually going to hold value and produce on top of that yeah so just back to simple <laughs> decisions back to the jonathan taylor clyde with soleil you like kansas city running backs you like a lot of what they're saying about it jonathan taylor's running back one just go with it like, yeah. you can yes. be less freaky. <laughs> Not that you can't like Clyde Edwards Lair, just trade back a pick, okay? And take right. your guy, always an option. I prefer to go the opposite way in rookie dress, but whatever. That's about how you play Dynasty, not where to set expectations. Running back ranks are a little harder to just go, everyone else is wrong. Not entirely. It happens. You can always go and get your guy, but. Just as an expectation, you should probably expect just the running back one is the running back one, the running back two is the running back two. She made a whole video breaking this down on all of DLF ADP. It's consistent all the way through the top 12 in rookie ranks, remembering that we get about two, maybe three guys at any position on average. Going to the top 12 and the ranks actually working out the large majority of the time is highly significant, in my humble opinion. Um, And the other point, speaking of humble, that Rocky just said, like, sometimes I think that point gets mixed because we're saying we get it right. But it's not and it's not I or Rocky or Andrew. It's like the group, you, anyone listening, anyone involving in the discussion, we group think running back really well. And the smart thing is to do, I think, is to go, so I'll just listen to the group here if at all uncertain or as a default. And you can also do the same thing between positions, like, Run, break ties to running back, especially yes. if it goes between two different tiers. And that was a really hard one for me to accept. I like letting my freak flag fly. I love taking shots on the wide receiver and thinking <laughs> I'm going to evaluate it. And like I was just saying, like I have a hard time not drafting wide receivers in the third, the fourth, fifth. Give me a sixth-round rookie draft. I will draft a wide receiver, I promise you. And increasingly, I've switched over to tight end and running back because it's just smarter to accept you're not the, the smartest 
person in the room, let alone the smartest person in the uh, smarter than the group in certain ways. So those are just some expectations. And um, so between tiers, break within a tier at least in terms of expectation, break it towards running back. And um, they do more earlier as well. So you can always get a yes. trade done afterwards for that wide receiver who might be slower or that tight end or that quarterback for that matter. And um, so the, I, those are some, I think, some reasonable expectations. And also before I get into it, you said something earlier, which we've talked about a lot, and everyone talks about running backs catching passes and tank big speed, whether he had a 36-catch season or not. And think, word it for yourself a different way. Not you guys, you already know this, obviously, but maybe someone else hasn't heard it quite this way. It's not about whether they can. Look, I hate to be, uh, you know, the hot take artist here, but if I can physically do something, I believe an NFL player is physically capable of doing it. Like, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. These athletically given marvels are physically capable of doing things that I can do on a routine basis. Yeah, they can catch passes. Now, there's a lot more to catching a pass in the NFL. I don't want to demean that. Different passes have different levels of difficulty. But that also goes to the point. Will NFL teams watch their tape and think, oh, here's a role I'm going to put them in? That's actually the question. Um, and consistently, if they don't have a significant receiving role, they don't really develop one in the NFL. The best example is like Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon was actually pretty actively used in the receiving game in college, just not as a dynamic weapon in the receiving game or didn't hit certain volume thresholds. He did more in the NFL. It's pretty clear. But it's not like he wasn't at least being used somewhat in that role. And so you can squint at it a little bit. But someone like Ken Walker, he's never going to. We did this yeah. like 20 straight years, it feels like, with Adrian oh, yeah. Peterson. Me having to listen to podcasts before I figured out how to start my own. And people saying, this year, he's going to catch more balls. Like Adrian Peterson can do literally anything anyone else can do physically. No matter what he is as a person, physically, he's capable of it. I promise you. Even now, he could probably out-physique definitely all of us. And in terms of achieving athletic ability. But that's just not how he's used. So it doesn't matter how deep into their career you get. It's just NFL GMs are serious people for the most part. And NFL teams are serious organizations for the most part, relatively, I guess. I have shade to throw, but still, yeah. they're going to draft a player to do a thing, specifically at running back, where that's the entire game. They give opportunity at running back much more often. So you don't yeah. have to think about ability or really can you see a way they can – are they doing it? Is an NFL a serious NFL GM or coach going to go, and I'm going to spend the next three months instead of game playing my system, specifically trying to teach this guy routes? No, I'm sorry. That <laughs> does not get, and, and, and I'm not saying they won't or can't. It's because they haven't. Again, I'm just looking at what has happened because I don't know. But right. expectation-wise, just doesn't happen, okay? Ken Walker can still be phenomenal notice, and so can Derek Henry for that matter. But it's just a reasonable expectation. Tank Bigsby, Charbonnet, they're being used enough in the receiving game that anyone watching them is like, yeah, okay, so I've got a guy who can catch passes in different varieties as well. Some are running routes, some are just catching dump pass, but they're going to see that and think, oh, I'm going to draft him and do that with it. So there's some expectations. Outside of that, ranks, and where I'm back to uh, just an average normal human. <laughs> Arrogance. Um, Bajon Robinson, a tier of his own. My tier two is just Jamar Gibbs. He's the only one who belongs in tier two. Yep, and that's same. where the part of where the thickness comes in this class. Like we're all Jimmy, Jimmy Gibbs is a tier one in every class the last five years easily. But we have John Robinson, which means right. the tier three in this class is like a serious prospect in every other class. And I've got three right. players in there. It's Tank Bigsby, Zach Charbonnet and Devin A-Chain. Um, uh, and those are my, my three. I don't have Zach Evans in there. But it just missed me with maybe I can out 
I can see what he would have done maybe on fictional touches and like, no, just miss me with it. Uh, I believe the ADP, <laughs> I will not not draft him. Like, okay, there's definitely something there. I talked to Travis May about it and there's really weird story there. Travis is on next week. Yeah. A lot. Like, yeah, yeah, he can tell you, don't, don't ask me, just ask Travis when it comes to Teddy yeah. stuff for <laughs> sure. Um, but like, I just, there's no information which I can go and use to compare to past prospects. He just, didn't do shit relative to players. Pardon me, I don't know if I can swear on it. Relative to you're, players you're that go and play in the NFL, could he be great? Yeah, sure. I don't know. ADP says we should definitely be interested in him, so I will be. But like these guys were all like really good in college, and it's hard for me to take that bet. And um, when I'm not out evaluating anyone using the tape or data, um, outside of that, my tier four is really interesting. Talking about the sickness of this class, a lot of the players you just mentioned were in it. it starts with Sean Tucker, Tajay Spears, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn was, uh, we can talk about size as well, I guess, but that's another whole monologue. Um, if, he, like, seriously, if he was just a tiny bit bigger, he'd be like, everyone would be losing their marbles uh, of a Deuce Vaughn. And Rashawn Johnson, and I stuffed either. him in there. <laughs> Similar problem with uh, Zach Evans, except for the fact he was playing a role in college. And I can't scale it up. That's not the way stats work, as, as I found. But uh, listening to tape evaluations, honestly, I'm like, okay, so it's not the good numbers aren't from nothing. And, you know, Miles Sanders played behind Barkley, and you can't, at least he did well with what he could earn. And he did earn a role on a team. And in a class that is just described by smaller, really talented guys, Rashawn Johnson is bigger and perhaps just as talented. And that's really exciting, especially for the NFL that's thirsty. For running backs right now, yeah, and likes bigger running backs anyway. That expect again, like you guys said, you need the draft. But if someone's like, hey, I'm gonna go see what if we see from the draft, someone's gonna maybe try that guy out. Like there's as much upside in him as anyone else I've already mentioned right now. Just because the mystery, it's the quote I keep thinking about this class is, you know, it's better to remain silent than speak and remove all doubt that yes. you're a fool. And it's kind of like that, but ability in this class, like Zach Evans. I don't know, maybe. But with Roshan Johnson and Butte, at least we have some sample size where they were playing. And you can say, look at that. That's that's really good. If that was their whole profile, we'd have no questions. It's not, so we have questions. But don't discount the potential. The mystery is better than knowing for sure that well, they're so bad. Let me jump in here and just and just kind of call it out what it is. Like you've got Tank Bigsby up there in that in that tier, right? And he is, as of right now anyway, RB10 in DLF ADP. Uh, and this is technically one QB ADP, but it's the same. It's close enough, right? Like it, we're, we're just looking at running backs anyway. Um, but it's you. still like Tanks Bigsby being RB10. I mean, even in Superflex, he's around that same kind of thing. But you have him in your you know top five running backs. Honestly, I do too. I think I think Tank is somebody that um, is going to go to some place. He's going to land someplace that they're going to want to utilize his talents, kind of what you were saying. Like they're going to look at him and go, yeah, we want to, we want that guy on our team. We want to use him. Um, I think there are lots of times where you know, we get that fallacy of rational coaching that kind of comes into play here a little bit too, right? Where we just believe these coaches know more than we do and that they're going to use a guy right and then it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, see Trey Sermon, for instance, who was in the news a little bit this week, where it's like Sirianni's talking about Sermon, like, yeah, he might actually be able to get the ball. Like, dude, you're in charge of who gets the ball. Like, what? what is this you're talking about? Like, you're, you're picking the plays. Like, just give him the ball if you want him to go. Where is this guy? 
But I have come to love that that coaching note. It's like, oh, they're literally well, just telling you that, that he's bad. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's so weird. If only he like, could make me decide to give him the ball. That's what they're saying. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great yeah. if he actually could do- could make you believe that but the fact that really he can't not. says speaks volumes right yeah but yeah. I, think, I think it's weird to me because tank is one of those players even like in debbie and other things where like i i remember hearing about tank bigsby i think it was two years ago and you know last year even hitting into this class like he was going to be one of those guys and then this past year he kind of fell off you know and again I'm, I'm using general terms on purpose like he didn't dominate he wasn't like one of those players that you know hit the ground running like Bijan did and just stayed his own self but there are a lot of times we see that in the running back when you're talking about Debbie and, and other kind of, you know, leading up to draft classes where running backs fall off just because they don't get used as much or, you know, heaven forbid they get injured or some sort of change happens on their team. And in college, I feel like it happens a lot more than the pros. And so Tank is someone who I would be happy to get at running back 10, right? Like I'm happy with that value. That, that to me is a terrific value as someone who I'm kind of targeting in the second round is if I can get 204, if I can get Tank Bigsby, I'm happy with that. You know what I mean? Like I don't mind at all kind of reaching quote unquote, reaching on that value, be if his value is lower than that, according to ADP. But I think once the draft happens and we see him get, you know, day two draft capital and to a good spot, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that RB10 become RB5. Like, so I completely agree with you. And I think that's a fine tier three. Um, it's a little bit deeper maybe than my current tier three with Charbonnet all by himself or whatever. Right. But it's it's the fact that we can all play this game of like, well, where are these gaps? And that's kind of the next question on here was, what are the gaps and how big are they? Like, the gap from Bijan to Jameer Gibbs is pretty big, I think. As in, like, I'm not, I'm not going to get confused and accidentally put Gibbs in the same tier. But there well, is a big gap comps, there. But, but it's I, there's a really easy one there. It's like the difference between uh, Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift. Both are really yes. good at what they do. But you want more, one more than Dynasty. That's it. That's yep. That's yeah. that's that's it. One's more reliable. One's got a better offense around him. Whatever you want to call it. Like, there's a whole bunch of that kind of thing. But I think Tank is one of those players that could easily jump up. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him jump up in that, you know, late first conversation <coughs> after we get draft capital. And I think that's part of where this conversation is so fun in the beginning. You know, early April, late March, whatever the beginning of draft season, where we're all kind of coming up with our values. But it, it, it definitely, this is none of this is is static. All of this is dynamic. All of this is up for change. All of this is up for d- discussion which is kind of why I wanted to have it. And I think maybe the, the fun part of this discussion too is like, where do we go after that top five? And, and maybe Rocky, I'll go again to you first here for a minute. But like, if we put Tank in that kind of top five idea and move him up, who are we moving down? I think uh, Zach Evans was someone that Peter mentioned is moving down. Is there anyone else that you're just like, I don't know, not a fan of in this rookie draft that you feel like is overdrafted or overvalued in this ADP early? Uh, again, I haven't seen this entire list, but I have seen a lot of the, the ones that are up at the top. And of those guys, I, I'm not as high. And Peter did put him in the top five, I believe. So I guess maybe the data backs it up. But I'm not as high on, on A-Chain as, as a lot mm. of people are. Uh, I think again, fair. just from, from film watching, uh, I, I didn't think he was a – he obviously he's very – he's very kind of small guy uh he's like five five eight i think something like that which is not uh and a hundred and some pounds and i just don't think that coaches are going to want to use him in a three down roll and i didn't love his i didn't think his pass catching skills were elite and uh, from from just a pure rushing perspective he was okay He, he looked nice but nothing special so Having him at RB4 in the ADP is a little high for me. I, I, sure. I kind of see him as more of a role player. And I I, I actually like uh, I like 
Tucker more than I like a chain from, mm, from the guys okay. I've looked at. Um, I, he's got some speed. He's got some, he's got pretty good vision. He's got some, uh, uh, tackle breaking good contact balance kind of tackle breaking ability kind of thing so mm-hmm. from the guys i watched uh i'd have tucker a little higher than they have an eight chain a little lower h I, I know a lot of people are on eight chain so i could be totally wrong i'm i'm no zacharyed so that's right uh but but that that's my perspective um, no, I, I think eight chains a little with, overrated. Uh, yeah I, I and chain doesn't that, really have um, the production to back up about dropping them down yeah yeah, I got A-Chain and Tucker back-to-back. Uh, you know, A-Chain's got the speed. I think the NFL will like that. I think yes. Sean, Sean Tucker's weird. You're right, exactly in terms of his role, in terms of his expectation of being that three-down back. I can definitely see what you're talking about. But there's a, just a weird thing on Sean Tucker's profile I can't explain to myself, and it's just more questions, lower rank. Um, I, I don't know how I can explain it quickly. Let's see, did I make a quick note? Essentially, when he got more volume, um, there's a weird relationship between his performance stats and his volume, and that he gets the volume finally, but his performance drops significantly below average. But when he has less of volume, he was that's where all his good performance stats come from, and why his averages okay. look good, and why mm. people might see good numbers across the board. And it's like, I don't know, it's Lamar Millery, it's like very good, but the minute you were like, oh, we can scale this up, it went bad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, I just right. got a question about that. Let's see where he falls in the draft, you know what I mean. Oh, I like that. And I think too, the A chain is, it, and I, I'm, I'm, again, comps are not where my specialty is. Don't take any of my comps as real comps. No, but A chain to me anyway, feels more like, bad. well, A chain to me feels more like a JD McKissick kind of player, like somebody who could have a ton of value in certain really? specific situations. Well, I'm saying like someone who could mm-hmm. have a specific kind of value. And I don't know anyone else other than a McKissick that comes to mind, I guess is the first name. But like if he lands on the right offense and the right yeah, name, Hines. Naheem Hines, perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Like something like that, where like I'm not exactly like wowed by him, but he just racks up fantasy points. You know what I mean? Just somebody who like gets the ball and, and they just keep giving him the ball and he catches a lot of passes. Like I could totally. Yeah, see. and he did. I I just pulled his numbers up again just to refresh my memory. He did catch like 60 passes over the last uh, yeah two years. Yeah, he, but I kind of just yeah, wasn't he's, as he's impressed with him in the even game, but but McKissick doesn't exactly wow you either. It's not like McKissick exactly an Eckler. So yeah, I was gonna like say excited to have McKissick on my team. James yeah. White. I'm not yeah. doing comps at all, but just running with the conversation. Have you ever looked at James White's statistical profile? He he looks like a three damn running back with a lower. Uh, you know, he's not a spectacular target share, but a good running back with de- with three damn production, but slightly smaller. And you know, he's not going to get Belichick or be uh, or be. Uh, um uh, james white top five running back at all but like that's interesting that some of the best receiving those role players are smaller in a three damn role in college and i think that's interesting that running back position sometimes you just become a more of a role player even though you're just playing a three down skill set in college like with the right. the premium sorry example of that guy yeah. well and someone else that i definitely yeah, want up. to mention it, who i think is again all of this is going to be draft capital dependent all of this is wrong let's just be honest like all of this discussion is oh, just yeah. like vague and kind of <laughs> nebulous and, and all of us are saying none of us are right we're even zach yeah. reed would say that like none of us we're just doing our best with the info we have no and no, we have a lot more right. to, to follow the adp <laughs> exactly exactly just kind of see what where you can go because adp ends up settling itself yeah. it, it shuffles itself out after enough adp it kind of becomes the norm right and that's the point um but someone i definitely wanted to spend at least a minute or two on was israel abanaconda i think abanaconda is one of those all guys right. that he just had his pro day, right? And there's some debate, I guess, or some, you know, question marks about his 40 time. How legit is that? 
but a 4440, you know, sub 4440 for his 217, I think it was pound frame. Like that's to me, that speaks volumes if it's legit. Um, but again, 40 speed is is somewhat translatable to the NFL. And I definitely wanted to, I know Rocky and I both are on the easy train. I, I don't think that that's a shock. I've been, a, I've been a kind of, kind of guy for the past couple of months is more I watch him, the more I like him, but this ADP of RB 11, just kind of, I scratched my head, right? I'm just like, what, why are, why are we, why are we doing that to this guy? I feel like of all the names of all the, the numbers of all the stuff. Um, but I just feel like a team is, is probably going to be willing to take a chance on him in the third or fourth round. Uh, and they're going to want to use him. They're going to want to lean on him. And again, my, my bank is a bigger guy in a smaller class. I do get it. Exactly. He's, he's kind of an oddball in this class. And I think that he's one of those guys just like tank too, to be honest, that I could see rising up values and being a, you know, 202 kind of draft pick on ADP come a month from now, you know, in May, when we start to see, you know, are all the actual rookie drafts data kind of come in. So I guess I was curious, Peter, what your, what your models, what your spreadsheet said about Izzy Abenaconda? Like, is he someone that we should be targeting or are you kind of on the outside looking in saying you guys can have him? Yeah, kind of a second. I'll give you a target. That's the other way I make my lack of money in the dynasty space. I am happy to be someone else's kicking toy. Like, I'll be the face of the person who hates, and to be clear, I don't hate the player. I hope he comes in the league, dominates, and, you know, I'm definitely... Never hate the player, hate the value, right? Exactly. Statistical profile, I hate the fantasy comparisons or the episode. Um, I think I really took a dislike to him because a lot of the... uh, I think people are attributing his blow-up season purely to him, and I think they're missing an opportunity to like Jordan Addison, and I'm never a fan of that. Jordan Addison leaves, the team has nothing. Without Jordan, with Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett, they have this phenomenal passing offense. And unless you think that was because of Kenny Pickett, in which case join my league, um, then it's Jordan <laughs> Addison. And they have nothing, and so they just give Rosh, uh, they give Israel a banner canda. Um, apologies, I am trying. We're um, getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> sometimes I misname on purpose, so I want to be clear because I think it's funny. In this case, I just suck. I have got a little lazy English tongue. Um. <laughs> But he's he did phenomenal. To be clear, he is phenomenal physically. He's phenomenal. That year he did great. But if I'm going to compare him to past prospects, it's like he got that volume because Jordan Addison left. Like that's the reason. Right. And when you get that many touches at that level with that physical prowess, you put up yards. He put up 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns. That's probably that's definitely translatable to the NFL, right? No, right. I, I don't honestly think so. I think we're misreading what he did. It's just. Pure volume mm. because the offense lost pretty much the only thing it had going, or the main main thing he had going for it. I mean, the lead wide receiver the, that year was like in his fourth year, I believe, and had his career year again because that was the best they had after Jordan Henderson was gone. And I'm not trying to actually throw shade at Israel here at all. Again, he did phenomenal. He did what you would hope any good player did in that sure. situation when given volume. But to me, that's throws more question onto the upside. Not to mention he doesn't catch the ball. Even in that situation, he was relatively uh, unremarkable receiver in terms of the volume or his performance on the little volume that he had. And so his upside is Derek Henry. He can't get anywhere near that, even if given a role by the NFL, because I don't think big. he's Derek yeah. Henry. Yeah. Um, or, or Ken Walker. It's not really about size, because Ken Walker's got talent. Derek Henry has talent. Like, Israel's got some talent. Don't get me wrong. I think he has quite a lot, actually. More talented at this than I will ever be at anything. Again, <laughs> really not trying Amen. to hate the player. But I think yeah. if we read the room a little bit, you've got this huge guy who wasn't able to develop that role despite all this ability until literally the team got drained of its main, all of its weapons. And it was left with, what do we do? Well, we run the ball 
10 times more a game than we did last year. And he, to his credit, again, did phenomenal with it, but still below the hit average, kind of on the conference average in terms of how many yards he was producing relative to how much they were running the ball, which is why I adjusted by that amount. And I really hope the NFL, again, I really hope the NFL gives him a a decent draft capital. They're going to draft him somewhere or put him on some team. And I definitely think he can do some work. Again, draft running backs. It's pretty simple in Dynasty. Your bench should mostly be running backs and tight ends or quarterbacks and super flex. Um, And yeah, he could definitely put up fantasy points. He's probably being underrated. But at running back 11, I'm like, I've still got in this class, run my running back 11 is like, where is it? It's like Kenny McIntosh. He's got a three-down skill set at a higher conference. He's not, I believe, an undersized guy. But like he put up work in both the rushing and receiving game with average to above-average stats in some cases in a difficult, tumultuous situation, where he's playing, well, not tumultuous, but playing with other NFL-caliber talent. He didn't need the team to be devoid of all of the talent to get volume so much as he worked into it in a difficult situation. Like I'm still really interested. You've got Evan Hull in that range in my ranks right now. Again, mm. coming from a lower conference but was doing it for multiple years didn't need the team to suddenly suck and then not have any other ideas i mean if we're narrativizing it out here that's probably a little sure. unfair to israel but there are still really interesting players um in that class you got roshan johnson as my running back nine and i'm like the potential mm. the mystery of that like give, give me that you know i'm uh, running back 11 i think it's fair i think it's fair and um, protos don't wait for me at all neither does a combine that might dig into it because i'm already looking i already know this guy's huge i already know he's got the physique that nfl teams are going to like and draft capital is going to show us that too i don't mean to run on about this and i mostly made most of my notes just to point out how good jordan addison was but um israel's definitely capable he's definitely got the physique he's definitely putting up the things that the nfl team is going to want to see at this point in the year and and I'm sure he's a fantastic guy who gives to charity and I wish him the world of success. We should have him on our benches in Dynasty, for sure. But I don't see Ken Walker anywhere near his range of outcomes or Derek Henry. Or, well, or so, um, who's that one guy that Bill Belichick just decided to give a phenomenal season in touchdowns one year? I always well, forget his name. Not James oh, White, the, the big guy who just rushed. It is possible. Oh, my God. But even I know he you mean. better yeah. numbers without needing the team to be evacuated. But, yeah, it's possible. Don't get me roster him, for sure. But at RB11, I'm like, okay, I get it. And undervalued, I don't know about that. I quite like Tajay Spears, Deuce Fawn, and Roshan Johnson, who are always, all just above running back 11. Like, I couldn't fit him well, in there. Here's where I'll, I'll, jump in, I'll jump in with this then and just say that yeah, it's go. interesting right Come, now. Again, especially. I'm just a target. Now you own me, and I accept it with good notice. You're doing that's great. That's this that's is exactly why I wanted to have this discussion with you, because I think that, that uh, Izzy is, uh, Banaconda is one of those guys that's somewhat polarizing, right? I've seen some ranks where he's RB4. I've seen some ranks where he's RB20, right? Like he's one of those players that it literally is going to, the draft capital landing spot is going to matter to him more than anyone else. Oh, LeGarrette Blunt. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt is who you're thinking of. Uh, but again, I think it's uh, it kind of comes back to that same idea. And to kind of, I wouldn't say counterpoint your Addison argument, but when the team gave him the ball and needed to lean on him, he was able to accept that and do well with it. I think pro teams are, are looking for someone like that that are willing you know, to lean on a guy and say, we don't have a receiver. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams right now in the NFL that are, are desperate for running back help and have had committees with you know, patchwork kind of committees. And they would love to have a guy like a Banaconda they could just lean on. And I think that's part no, of where, again, it's kind of a cop out, but like, I want to see who drafts him and where. No, no. Right. I mean, and, and I think we're that guessing that's right? Yeah. 
from well, a keyhole. And that's kind of the other I mean, thing. I mean, what's the line in draft day, right? The, the, the NFL is full of Janes. Give me a Tarzan. You know? <laughs> oh, <get> NFL <laughs> is full of Tarzans. Give me a Jane. Um, something a little different. Like you said, size. Like, <laughs> but it's the way that, that like... Well, again, with, with the way this draft class is kind of lining up, there's a lot of different kinds of running backs. Uh, I feel like the receiving group is kind of, you've got Quentin Johnston and then a bunch of small guys, right? Uh, you, you've got like some different, and even quarterback, you've got like some blue chip stocks like CJ Stroud and Bryce, Bryce Young and all these other guys. And then you've got like a Will Levis that just like sort of gets up in there and you're like, is he even going to be good? Uh, and so it's like, there's some question marks there, right? But for the running back group, I feel like there there are there are different kinds of running backs that can kind of be done with different things. And it's all headlined by B. John Robinson, who is potentially a generational talent that we'll never see again, right? He could be the RB1 in Dynasty in some leagues right now and, and being the first running back off the board in startup leagues. To me, that's nuts. We don't even know what team he's on. And you're going to take him over, te- over players that you think you have because the talent is just there. Um, and I do think he's going to be a first-round running back to somebody. But let's say, again, let's say he goes to the Bengals at 28 playing with Joe Mixon. I don't know if I want a, a committee guy as my RB1. You know what I mean? Like there, there are so many things that we still have yet to decide and figure out with these running backs and, and kind of going back to where we started. Even like a lot of this is going to depend on, you know, how much is the team willing to use him? How much are they willing to lean on a guy? And I think with Izzy, you've seen that the team was willing to do that in college and he took it and did well with it. And, you know, he didn't flounder. The team was different, but they still succeeded in a sense. And, and he got his yards a different way. I don't think he's Derrick Henry. I don't think he's one of those, you know, Ken Walker. Even I don't think he's that. I'm not saying draft. I'm not saying draft Izzy of Banaconda is like running back three. I'm saying let's kind of keep an eye on him as we get to draft season because he could be someone that rises up boards. Uh, the other name that I think you you mentioned a little bit too was uh, Roshan Johnson. I want to get into him for a second too. Uh, Johnson to me is is someone who I'm not very high on. I just don't see it. I guess when I'm watching the tape, maybe it's biased. Maybe it's just watching the wrong tape. I don't know. Um, but there are times that I see him and I'm just like. Yeah, he looks like any other running back. Like, I'm just not wowed, I guess. Um, but again, he lands on the right team and in the right situation, and I could easily change my mind and be like, okay, he fits well with that. That He meshes with that offensive line. He meshes with that scheme. I think that's going to be somebody I could see rising. So it's interesting how, you know, again, without draft capital or landing spots, we're, we're all kind of, I think you put it like picking at eggshells. We're just doing our best to like, I don't know, who, who we got, who we got. There's no wrong answer because we're all guessing and we're all okay with guessing wrong. Um, just throw it, yeah. Glass Go ahead, Rocky. You know, we, we have some idea. The longer you stare, the more you make up images, though. So, we have been staring right. and narrativizing running backs for so long. I think it's fair Across to play an asterisk and say, Look, we might think we see a, a running back in that cloud, but it might not be like it might just be a cloud. I mean, sometimes. Um, so yeah, especially this time of year, I, I appreciate the word of caution. I haven't, but I have him running back 15, which is probably too low. But I, again, like you say, I expect the draft to sort some things out. I give myself that leeway. I'll look at him pre-draft and look at him post-draft. And then I'll go back and look again. Like if I get him decidedly wrong, that'll be a note I put in there. That's why I started keeping notes. I'm like, why did I have a, the number itself doesn't explain. Like uh, last two years, I've been actually keeping more detailed notes and putting them in my Patreon sheet as well. So before it was just ranks. I'm like, why did I? I, I wish I knew the thought process. What was I thinking? Because yeah. it's just memories of the things that you were thinking and you can always lie to yourself. Um, but I'll look back and a rough version of what I just said will be written in and I'll be like, oh no, I forgot. For example, here's one. Best year is more predictive for running backs. And that's his mm. best year. Isn't it a little wrong to narrativize why that was his best year? I don't know. 
if it works out, that'll be something I have to look back on and think, okay, I, I can't do that no more. Yeah, that's fair. Rocky, your turn. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have a lot, actually. You guys have said plenty, but I, I, a couple things. Abenakanda, uh, I just wanted to say, I agree with what Peter said a while back, um, that uh, with the pro day doesn't do much for me. Uh, other than any, just like the combine, the only thing those two things matter for me is how it might affect his draft capital, which I'll find it out in a month. So, right. By the way, sorry, sorry, Rocky. It always interests me. Like, re- take people who value watching the tape and honestly put in work. I know you said you're not a real tape guy, but you, you no, seem no. to be someone who <laughs> takes your process pretty seriously. Like, they are not combine Twitter. Like, there's no. a distinct <laughs> definition between like a Zach Reed or a you. Like it's a very different thing because, and it makes perfect sense because those watching already knew and, you know, doing this for a minute, you're like, okay, so I can't then double, like, it doesn't matter that I'm seeing it again. I already knew he was big and fast. Exactly. Okay, sometimes there are surprises. Like you expect the guy to be fast and he's actually pretty slow. And you're like, why, why is he moving so fast on tape? Um, but and I, there I think, are guys too I think that's a really interesting point. And... Sometimes tape gets roped into lightning yeah. force. I, I think it's, I, I think that's part unfair. I think I think people who actually watch and break down films have known for a long time. I already know what their physical makeups are. I'm not going right. to adjust the combine or pro days. And then as, Ben Canada. You know, I, I hope he's good because I want to hear. I want to hear Peter having to pronounce it Ben Akanda. I know that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's not even. A, and like I say this, and people are like, "Oh, you just uh, you're a saying." And yeah. I, 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 Definitely have a perspective. I'm, I'm more familiar with certain names, but that's a really easy name to say. Like that's not a difficult <laughs> name, in my opinion. It's We've had John Smith. It's no more complicated. And the, yeah, I still struggle over. It. I struggle over the weirdest ass names. Like, and by the way, <laughs> I was gonna drop my line earlier, but forgot. I don't like Tank Bigsby just because he's called Tank. I like him because he's called Bigsby, and that sounds like a PJ Woodhouse character. So just to clear that up. <laughs> I love it. And then the one thing I wanted to say, actually, I guess it's more of a question, actually. Roshan Johnson, because uh, I know Peter said he did have him at RB9. Like, how do you account for the fact that he played, you know, he might be a good player, but he played behind Bijan for, for a right. couple of years. Like, how do you account for that in your process? Um, If you do. Uh, literally, my notes are explaining away why I can't. Uh, again, with mm. my process where I just establish expert, like I'm not out profiling him with my, my sentences, I can make my Marushan Johnson rank make sense as long as I can lie to you. Uh, for example, <laughs> if, I, if I tell you he played enough that we can believe his three year run of 144 plus elusiveness rating means he's good, uh, the average for the top 12 is 96, by the way, then I can say he was exceptional at rushing. Uh, and if I can tell you that his stats, speak for themselves and I'm not paying uh, playing uh, connect the dots with tape observations like Zach Reed and J Mike check from the dynasty zombies podcast. Then I can say he was used in the receiving game. And so I've got all these caveats. Like if I can tell you it comes straight from the stats, I can, I can justify it. But honestly, again, just accepting I'm not it's hard to make a man in any room. Yeah. And like, I know people who do a really good job at this. And like, sometimes I'm just connecting the dots from someone else's process. It's like that, in a vacuum, his stats look bad, but I know there's more to the story. And so mm-hmm. I go and listen to tape grinders. I go and listen to people who are, honestly have a good process that I trust that they're putting in the work. I'm like, okay, so you shouldn't use stats like this. Use stats to justify the observation. <laughs> like you meant to start from the stats and work to a premise, but there's just not enough here. I know I'm not this 
the genius stat nerd who's going to be able to adjust all these for the lack of volume and figure it out. So I'm just connecting the dots backwards. It's like you play behind. Uh, so let's look at other examples. Okay, there are plenty of other examples that play behind good running backs. Good running backs can be held behind just running backs that were there first or, you know, generational, sure. quote unquote, right? It can happen. So instead, I, I, I do a backwards process. It's a complete lie. Statistically, it's not what you should do, but I don't want to miss. And he's one of cool. the big guys with decent, decent performance metrics and a small. So I'm going to value that a little bit. Especially well, when he's the in kind the top of, 12 in DLF ADP, and I know to lean towards it. Well, even to kind of go against my own point from earlier, like whenever whenever I've watched, and I haven't watched a ton, I've just watched a little bit of highlights and things like that of Roshan Johnson. I feel like, again, it just kind of got this meh feeling. But it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because yeah. he's he's going into the game when Bijan has beat the defense down. And it's kind of like there, there, there a lot of the times, I don't even remember if, if it's true for every down that I watch, but most of the time when I'm watching him play, they're up by a lot. And it's kind of like the defense is just like I give up. Yeah. Go ahead. Like it's just like it just feels like they're, they're so like how do you how do you evaluate that right? And I think too with, with I don't know. Like, well, when it comes I will to like say the pros, he's the guy on like tape evaluations where they're like, there's just this one little run that meant nothing, where you just see him do this foot thingy majiggy and hit swivelly and all these terms <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like, that sounds fancy. It's just like this one yeah. little run here and there, <laughs> where despite the situation, like oh, physically that was pretty. That was intellectually intuitive of him to know. Yeah. To do, and I don't understand any of well, it. But I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll go find numbers what you to prove said, that. Cool. <laughs> what you said before, Peter, like he he is, he is, and again, I, I, all of these guys, all 12 of these running backs that we've mentioned so far on this list in this top 12 are all better at running back than I will ever be at anything. Right. So like, it, it's kind of weird for me. To I think it's good to keep that in mind with some of right. the fun we have in fantasy. It's, it's like, ah, he sucks. For, yeah. he's trash. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. yeah. And also more talented human at every, anything. I'm saying Roshan Johnson is meh. I'm saying he's meh, but it's better than I will ever be at running back. And he will be a professional running back. He will be in the NFL running laps around players. And I, I think used that's to say like, like relative to the NFL, but people don't right. get that. I think the visceral right. compared to me, <laughs> like, <laughs> in any, like, I, I think that that does the point a little better because yeah. relative and, to and the that's NFL, part of why ninety five percent of the world's population sucks. So I mean, uh, um, but yeah, comparing it to something as comical as yourself, I think gets the point across a little. Bit. Well, that's part of why again, I'm not a film grinder. I'm not a. I have not played running back. I have not played professional football. Like I don't have. You know those credentials that some people are like. Well, I get you out of breath game. going like, upstairs, guys. Come on, man. I, I mean, I, yeah, I helped a friend move yesterday. When they're ten friend years younger than me, hurts. like it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I'm old. I get it. Uh, but I guess uh, before we <laughs> we kind of put a pin on this and kind of move on to the rest of our show, I guess was there anyone else, Peter, that you wanted to mention when it comes to these running backs? Is there anybody that you think you you didn't that you don't see in the top twelve that you should, or anyone in the twelve that you think shouldn't be? Like um, anything crazy that yeah, we should I can be looking at? Yeah, that that's gonna work well, really well for me as a clip. Kendra Miller, Kendra Miller is someone I'm much lower mm. on than, than the group, and you know I'm gonna get owned by that because he's a really good runner. Um, right. But I just again I've got notes and stuff, but that's someone in the top twelve. Like I don't, so I wanted to point that out so you can come own me for that. I think I like Kenny McIntosh more than a lot of players. Just again the way I put together the story of his career, like he's playing behind Swift, and then there was a group, and then I, I really like that last year of his that he put up. Um, Chase Brown, I wrote up for DLF. He's 12, and I was really surprised to see him there. Like, I don't know if that little article I wrote up. So I was just choosing a player at random. But actually, first player I looked at in depth, and I was like, oh, this isn't bad for a guy I will never hear about again. I was like, actually, that was a, that was a dude. Um, 
A lot depends on draft capital. He's still concerning the low in receiving work, but even if he falls, a running back with a rushing skill set can easily find a path to touches in the NFL and provide valuable fantasy stats, and perhaps the upside of a breakout player will lower draft capital. I think relative to this conference, what we were talking about, NFL looking for rushes, Chase Brown kind of fits that mold. He has a little more receiving than someone like Israel, for example, who I have back-to-back, to be fair. I'm lower than DLF on Chase, but I didn't. I like his profile pretty well. Nice. All right. Oh, those are the two that stand out to me. I'm too I'm much lower on Kendra Miller. Probably, again, a mistake. Uh, and Chase Brown, I'm a little lower on actually, but I was happy to see him in the top 12. I was like, oh, good. He deserves a mention. Yeah. Anything for you, I guess, Rocky? Any of those kind of players that you feel like you, you don't deserve to be in here or should be? Or what, what do you think, I guess, with this top 12 before we wrap this talk up? Yeah. Like I oh, said, I, I haven't dug into the guy i mean peter can go ahead after i finish here but i i haven't dug into the the lower level guys as much yet. Right. i mostly just looked at and i i haven't even gone through this full top 12 so i don't have anybody out of here um like i said and i, I i'm kind of with peter on a, a banacanda a little bit i i love saying the name but That's uh true. <laughs> That's <the funny> <laughs> it is but i i, I when I watched him a little more uh, this week, preparing for the show, trying to get as many guys in as I could, and I knew we had a question about him, I, I wasn't as thrilled with him as I thought I might be, uh, especially given the whole pro day and the lighting up Twitter for a day there or whatever. So uh, he, he didn't come across as, as fast as he did on his pro day on his tape to me. He, I mean, not that he's slow, right. but I, I wasn't like wowed by his speed or anything that uh, – you know, at his size and all that stuff. Okay. He, he, he was nice little back, but I, I, I'm kind of more with Peter than than kind of the hype that might be. He didn't enjoy saying that. I can tell. Like, <laughs> didn't enjoy that. Didn't enjoy that sensation at all. Don't let's not do this again. And uh, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I also want to mention Deuce Vaughn not being in the top twelve is a sin against all of football, and DLF ah. will pay for their sins because you know <laughs> if you want to talk about a role player, how about one of the best ones? <laughs> uh, he, but he's small, I guess. He is he is mini, but really good. Yeah, at what he does. Well, in college. and this is where again it's it's like a cop out, but it's the just the truth. It's the fact is like I want to see where these players get drafted, and then I'll have more of a decision. And I think the, the thing that we tell, and then again, if you're listening to a dynasty fantasy football podcast in, in March or April, you're definitely a junkie. So you're, you're listening to the right one here. Um, but the thought process then of course goes like, well, you're, you should get some film watching in while you can uh, start to figure out who these players are so that when you see them land somewhere, you can then make a quick decision. I know for instance, I've got some rookie drafts that start the Monday after the NFL draft. You don't have time after the NFL draft to do all this research. I mean, you do, but not as much, right? Like I, you're going to get to watch three minutes as opposed to 30 or 50 or whatever you want to do. Um, and I definitely, I, I agree with you too, Rocky. Like I haven't done a ton of film on everybody. Like I haven't really seen much Chase Brown yet. Uh, I haven't really done my Miller even yet. I haven't just kind of some other people that are smarter than me. And that's kind of how I do this. Um, I don't consider myself to be any sort of repository of knowledge. I listen to people like Peter who have sheets. And spreadsheets that tell them data of what to do. Like, that's kind of where my mind goes, right? I listen to people like Zachary and, and again, the who do film watching. You know, that's what I like. That's to absorb I, that information. That's what we're here for. I will say this because it's actually not a plug, but it's a plug. Like, you've got sheets too, man. Like, my college database mm-hmm. is pinned to my Twitter timeline. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever go look at it. I don't get paid for Like, it goes through my Patreon, but it's a free link to a Google sheet. You can download it and get all my stats on every rookie since 2000. We've recently added PFS stats. Don't tell them. 
no, I think data is actually allowed once it's paid for. So it's fine. Yeah. But like if stats is your thing, like you've got some decent rookie stats, if you're interested in it, it's free. You can download it or make a copy of your own and just have fun owning me with my own spreadsheet as people constantly do. And that's not fun, <laughs> by the way. But, you know, oh, uh, I came in at a time when it's really difficult to find stats without having 20 tabs open. And so I started putting it all together and that's where that came from but mostly now everyone get it all the data but it's still a little hard to get if you don't code well, this is just a spreadsheet even if you're not a stat you can still open up an excel file and look <laughs> and it's something yeah. um so yeah you got stats too and if you got if you need some tape opinions other than you two guys i'd highly recommend that hootenanny you get three separate film interpretations yes. and uh, even as a guy who understood none of what they were saying, but occasionally rip, wrote down words to make fun of later, <laughs> right. like hip swivel and toe tap. I'm like, I'm going to definitely meme the hell out of these later. And it's still really interesting to listen to. Well, I love Zach Reed's uh, essays pretty much that he, you know, gets know, into like hippos actually and don't stuff. Listen like, to that because it's so, I'm like, damn it, man, I don't have time to do all this and make it sound like it's being written by some poet. It's so entertaining. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. All right, so let's get to like we we did have a couple questions. I put the, the thing out on Twitter just to see if we had anything specific. I know I think we hit on uh, the DTG question, which is what you referenced before. Rocky is like, how are we reacting to Izzy's pro day numbers? I think some of it is you're taking it with a little bit of grain of salt, right? I don't think that this is shocking. I, I, I mentioned it too, and I brought him up. Like, I think there is some kind of question marks about how legit or valid it was. I'm looking at it like, well, it kind of confirms a little bit about what I saw, but I still have questions. So. And maybe I'm oversimplifying, but I guess, is that where you're at too, Rocky, where you're like, I don't know, I'm taking it, but it's just one data point in a pile of data points. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said earlier, like the combine, I don't put a lot of stock in. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, it mostly goes into draft capital anyway. The, the, exactly. And and if you do want, try and watch these guys on tape, at least a little bit like I do, like, like Peter said, you kind of have an idea of what you kind of expect anyway. And... But even less do I put stock in the pro days because right. pro days are obviously always going to lean more towards the players. Favorable timer. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it doesn't – I'm not reacting to it all, essentially, is basically what it is for me. I just yeah. – it's interesting to see. It means nothing for me in terms of how I might rank these guys come draft time. It's double counting season. That's just, that's just what yeah. I've been calling it. Like, we're, we're in that time of year where people who have – uh, a bias, I guess, or not even a bias, just an opinion on players. They see data that backs that opinion up and they go, see, I was right. And it's like, well, hang on. You already had that data. You already knew he was good. You Like, what, like it's a little bit odd to double count it, but it is yeah, what it like is. Confirmation but, bias. Yeah. Right, right. So, um, and I think, again, Peter, I think you hit on that already before, but we'll get into this last one here. It's from a nerd named Andrew at Fake Footballs on Twitter. And I love this question for the simplicity. Is this class as good as we thought? And I want to I want to kick it to you first, Peter. I mean, it's kind of there's two different ways to look at this. Is the value now what we thought it was, and then what did we think it was, right? Like they're, they're, that's a whole we're, we're measuring against an unmeasurable thing. But is this class as good as we thought, Peter? What do you think? And um, well, I don't. So, okay, how to start that answer? Start I really over. try to have no opinion of a class until honestly the names are declared, like until we know yeah. who's in it for sure. And part of that is protect myself from making expectations early. And the other part is I'm doing enough. Okay. I can't get involved in Debbie. I will literally <laughs> never see my children again. Um, despite Travis and some others trying to get me involved. Um, and the other part of it is 
um, you can read the Devi market. The Devi market's pretty sharp. Uh, something Adam Hostad's been saying about redraft versus dynasty for a while is like, look, you don't, again, just don't think you're the smartest person in the room. I expect redraft to be as good at predicting points as dynasty is at predicting value. And in fact, we've seen some upspring in dynasty has become more popular, to be honest. So for a while, redraft was beating it in a few different ways. And it's the same with Devi. Like, I have always memed the hype. Next year's class is always the best class. It just always right. is. Like, 2024 is really hot right now for some people, I'm sure. Oh, and, yeah. and to large extent, there's value to do that. Because during this time of year, it's actually a cycle. It happens every year. You start looking at players and finding, oh, they're not all Jefferson and Chase. There's, right. there's not four Chases in this class. And reality meets the road a little bit. And expectations come down a little bit. And if in your league, any kind of movement happens there. It's a great time to trade into the class. Um, right. And so there's always value on, because it's fun as well, just saying, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Because a class can never be as good as it's tightened up to be because right expectations just go way too high. But David predicted the 2021 class was going to be pretty good. It didn't predict 22 as hard. But you know what? Jamar Chase is pretty good. I'm pretty happy Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. I don't know about you guys. It predicted 2017, if you were listening long enough. And that was when they were just getting their feet under them. And Dynasty definitely missed on the potential of that class. We, we thought it was yeah. a bad class. And did for a few years afterwards till we really started recognizing exactly how good it was. It's better than 2014 in many ways. In fact, in all ways, I would say. And relative to what we got out of it or the hit rate or the, the values available there. And it took a few years to even realize yeah. that in Dynasty. So, and the Devi community has loved the 23 class for a while. We had the coronavirus, which is definitely not seen. We had some later prospects in this year's draft because of that, because they got an extra year of eligibility. Some are going mm -hmm. into 2024, but that happens every year as well. So how good was this class coming in? We thought it was going to be another great class. It is. It, right. It, it, it's, a, it's a really good class. It's deep is people should start defining their terms before they start podcasting, I think. Um the running back two in this class is running back two in the last five years. Like, that's yeah. what I mean by deep. And also, I like this class because there's fairly e not easy questions to answer. But if you've done your research and you've done this a bit, we know how to answer most of the questions around this class. Like, last year, you've got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave playing on a field with JSN. Like, that's a really rare kind of circumstances. You've got Odo Beckham and Landry. You've got AJ Brown and DK Metcalf who are both injured when the other one was playing. You don't have a lot of comparisons to make. But we got it right basically because you couldn't get it wrong this year the questions have happened before we know how to answer them we'll still get some wrong don't get me wrong but we know what we're sure. looking at and we're going to do a pretty decent job at running back and wide receiver and tight end of actually estimating it so in every way i can consider this class it's a great class again you're not going to get five saquon barclays i am sorry but maybe don't set your expectations up that high hot uh, how did Zach Reed say it? Since that's just the only guy I quote now, apparently. And um, he said, your Zachary first round Joe. picks are going to be worth first round picks. That's yes. a really good class. Think about last year's class, which is really hot. But how many of those first round picks are still worth, those players still worth a first round pick straight up? Not many. And that was a straight hit first round. And not as many as you'd think. 2021, really hot class. But like three or four guys out of the top. For 12 picks are still worth more than a first now they're worth infinitely more than a first but still and and this year's class you can expect a 2021 class i think 2018 is a really interesting comparison i also think it's really interesting we've got these interesting running backs smaller size a lot everything we just talked about running back adp is as low as it's ever been since 2017 i don't think this yeah. is a 2017 class but i think the 2018 class coming out in 2017 would have affected the market just as much 
Bijan Robinson's going to remind us why we like running back so much. Tank Bigsby's going to do work. Rashawn Johnson, if he gets a job, is going to go, oh, I remember this feeling. Seeing a running back do good. I like this. And right or wrong, the running back value is going to come up. So I think there's a lot to like about this class. I think there's everything to like about this class, to be honest with you. I, I do too. And while there's going to be too. misses, and I'm definitely going to get some of the things, everything I said is probably just wrong. And Jordan Addison's not going to be phenomenal, which I think he's going to be. JSN's not going to be a Jamar Chase level prospect, but in the slot, he is. He really is. Um, we're going to get stuff wrong. But by the, when the dust settles, you're going to be really happy to have picks in this year's class. And I think the value is already trending up, by the way. The more people dig in, the more they get over that, oh, not five straight Saquon Barkley's fatigue. And they're like, oh, wait, Tag Bigsby's really good. And Roshan Johnson, what, what's his potential? And oh, my God, Josh Jans is a late second round pick. That is silly. Now, I love this right. class. Get me more. And so it's already coming back up. But well, um, also, quick, to I, interrupt I think the main for thing a second, to learn Peter, hang on, a rookie hang on, draft hang on. is what's going to happen question. again next year. I have a question Sorry. for you, Peter. And I think That's this it. is kind of where we're yeah. going. And, and it's the other part of Andrew's question here, a nerd named Andrew again. How many week one starters are there in this class? Obviously, we don't oh, have no. draft capital. We don't know for sure. But how many of these 12 running backs do you see as like potential week one starters? Without the draft, I can name one, Bajoran Robinson. He'll be a week right. one starter. Maybe. But there is a chance that we could have and three more. Like that's I'm honestly like there is a chance we could have four week one starters out of this class. That's impressive. Like that's awesome. And I think that's where we're one. going with this. Yeah. I would, especially at wide receiver, something I would say is I expect less. We have been just a fantasy of riches over the last two years of week one starters and, and relevant rookies. We've got to remember that the base expectation for a DeAndre Hopkins level prospect is 600 receiving yards and most right. of it towards the end of the season. Like this year's class is going to do a little less work in their rookie year. I expect, but I said that last year to be fair, just because it's a reasonable expectation and at some point it should progress and they're going to have a solid development. They're more slot receivers. That's okay. I don't care where my fantasy points come from. You can still be talented, right. even if you don't get the word alpha thrown after you every time a, <laughs> a combine warrior starts talking about you um, on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, expect slower development. Expect fewer points, except at running back, which is, I think, what's going to hit early and fast. And uh, that's okay, too, because you can continue to like them a little bit more than someone like uh, Sky Moore this year. Sky Moore didn't do anything this year dead in dynasty but if josh james just gets 600 receiving yards and everyone's like oh this class sucked i'm gonna be really interested in buying <laughs> next offseason you know yeah so yeah yeah just to say and, and what i was saying before is um i think the best things to learn right now and what's happening like the, the slight dip in and excitement for this class that'll probably happen next year as well you can learn about rookie drafts right. while experiencing rookie drafts like the best year to trade for is always potentially two years down the road at this point or next year. And just pay attention to what your league mates do. Pay attention to what the Twitter, the circle of fantasy content you're in is doing. And sometimes you find trends like, oh, the value usually dips around now. And so you know what to do. Again, I'm talking way too much, but you guys you're doing are great. Um, no, you're rude doing, enough. You're, you're making it. You guys so aren't rude enough to have a podcast. I, I'm just this saying. Is terrific. You've got to be more rude. <laughs> Rocky, do you feel like you've said anything tonight that of, of value? Or are we just jotting down notes for what Peter says? I'm just taking notes. This it's is why we're glad to have you on. And the history lecture experience. Well, like Kentucky I sound accent. like I'm teaching. We're really just that accent. nonsense like anyone else. <laughs> it's that Kentucky accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, uh, used to just spouting monologues on the solo podcast. But yeah, oh, I'm I know. just talking nonsense like anyone else. Just You're doing great. That set reasonable expectations. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And especially at this time of year, just be okay to be wrong. I think that's pretty much where I want to, like, maybe that's where we land this plane is that like, we're doing our best to guess. We're looking at film, we're absorbing information from a bunch of different sources, but don't ever say anything with a hundred percent certainty, because that's the only way you're ever wrong is if you say anything with a hundred percent or zero percent, like don't use absolutes. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this class. That's for sure. These running backs are going to be something. I think they're going to be some, some players that we talk about for a while. And I'm excited to see where they land and then kind of get them on my team. Let's see what we can do. So with that, let's get to our final segment of the night. Find me a trade. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't try this. I feel like sometimes I mess it up, but we're going to we're going to do it. Here we go. Find me a trade. Find- Thanks, Har. That's right. Find me a trade. This is the segment that we do every week to make sure that we can help our listeners. And we've got a good one this week. Uh, Rocky, I've got it pulled up. If you want to do some of the settings, I'll get the, the screen sharing on the roster if you're ready by that. Sure. This is uh, submitted by uh, Dustin Lunt, Dustin Lunt from uh, Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. Uh, great podcast. If, if, if you're not listening, go check that out. Uh, <laughs> FF Dusty Dog. Uh, it's a 14-team super flex, one and a half uh, tight end premium for tight ends. Uh, start 10, one of each position, uh, five flex and a super flex. So one QB, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. Uh, so you only got to start one at each spot. Uh, and just to give a very brief uh, kind of description of his team, I, I feel he feels like he has a middling team, but he did make the playoffs and went on a run to finish second last year. And he also says he loves the show and keep up the great work. So thanks for that, Dustin. Very nice of you, <laughs> Dustin. Yeah, so I love the team, the Lambo Calrissians. That's just well played. That's yeah, a good, great name. <laughs> that's a great pun. Uh, and again, it's a Dynasty Happy Hour listener league. Like, that's kind of fun. I like the Dynasty Happy Hour guys. So, yes. uh, it, again, it's a, it is a super flex, as you mentioned. It is 14 teams. So quarterback is kind of where my eyes go first. Uh, he's got Kirk Cousins, a fan of the show, you know, podcast uh, extraordinaire, Dynasty Junkies fan, Kirk Cousins. And that's about <laughs> it, a quarterback. It's Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, and Nate Sudfeld. Oof, that is a bleak quarterback room. But in 14 teams, that's what happens. Uh, running back, he's got DeAndre Swift, Daryl Henderson, Chase Edmonds, and Degar- Dari Agumbawale, Avery Williams, like nobody really at running back after that. Uh, receiver, A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, Amon Ross St. Brown, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, uh, Kaderil Hodge, Jordan Watkins, other players. So receiver, pretty solid at the top and then gets weird. Uh, tight end, then we've got T.J. Hawkinson. Kyle Rudolph, I remember Kyle Rudolph, uh, Jack Stoll, Ryan Griffin, like some of those names I'm sure we all have on our roster. And then to kind of bolster the running back or set of receiving room, he's got Jamison Williams, who's on his IR, or sorry, taxi squad right now. Um, so again, Jamison Williams at running back, or sorry, receiver as well. I think it's a pretty solid team, but again, I'm, I'm looking at this like, man, I would love to have another quarterback, especially in 14 team. Uh, Dustin, I think this is a, I see why it's a contender. I see why you came up short though, too. Uh, this is like, man, that's, we were talking about this earlier, right? Or like I'm fine to take a risk quarterback on a on a league like this and just kind of play the ball and have a ton of good receivers. Um, but Rocky, I'll go to you first. What was your trade? Since we're talking cousins, what was your trade to help uh, help Dustin out here? How would you help him out? So we both kind of did something similar, but sort of in a different direction, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you kind of uh, when we'll get to yours, I'm sure short sh- short shortly. But uh, you kind of. Went to go try and get him a quarterback, I think, to more help him contend. I looked at his roster, and I kind of feel like this – I'm not sure how he finished second last year, honestly. It's got some nice pieces, but in a 14-team where you got to start 10, 
I'm not sure I entirely see 10 legit starters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And some of them are aging. Uh, he's got, like you said, some nice young receivers in A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, T.J. Hawkinson and tight end, but there's, there's not a ton else. Uh, so I was actually moving more towards maybe he goes into a little bit of a rebuild here. So that's where my head was at when I came up with this trade. Um, so I am moving Cousins and Swift to Doug, uh, who I assume is, is Doug Eddie from, from Dynasty Happy Hour, uh, for Kyler Murray, which I know people are lower on now. I, I am really not. I'm, I kind of like him because he's more of a value than he has been in the past. Uh, Doug, uh, let me pull up his roster. I had it here. Doug has... Uh, and you actually, I think, made a trade with Doug as well. Doug has yep. – where is Doug's team? He has Josh Allen, and he has Jimmy Garoppolo, and he has Kyler. Kyler, who's probably not going to start a lot of the year. Jimmy G is, you know, Jimmy G. Cousins, to me, is a significant upgrade at his QB2. Um, and he has still has, you know, still have Jimmy as his QB3. He doesn't really – you only need to start one, but he doesn't have much at running back beyond McCaffrey. Uh, he has AJ Dillon, and that's about it. It's pretty much those oh, two Jamal guys Williams. He gets points. Yeah, I guess so. Jamal yeah. Williams. I missed that one, but but overall, I think he could use another another starter anyway. Uh, just in terms of needing ten starters for his team, so I, I think it makes some sense for him. Uh, he's he's definitely more of a contender than Dustin's going to be in this coming year, uh, and he's getting Cousins and Swift. Uh, Cousins, like I said, is going to score more than I think either is QB two or because uh, Kyler is not going to score many points this year, or is yeah. QB three and Jimmy G. So, and for whatever you think of Swift, I, I still think he's a he's a he's a nice starter, and uh, we'll give him some more depth in a fourteen team league. So I think it makes sense for both teams. I, I don't care from Dustin's team's perspective that I don't really have a quarterback uh, that's going to be starting much of the year because I'm like I said looking at it more towards uh trying to rebuild things a little here and it was hard to do anything with picks because for some reason this league seems to have not rolled over to 2023 yet so I didn't know exactly where all of them were you can change it uh, in the HTT yeah you can just, you can just I, I didn't put that in there yeah, he sent the 2022 link. You can use the 2023. I didn't put it in the. In the uh, okay, so I was looking at the wrong it. site, but well, okay, that's okay. But anyway, so I wasn't sure what the picks were, so I didn't want to. Di- I plus I didn't know that you could like like I said. I, I I thought these two were kind of. Kirk's got maybe a year or two of real value left, um, and production probably, uh, and Swift is kind of declining a little bit but still has some value and i still think is a startable asset so uh, and i don't care about having a running back if i'm trying to move into a rebuild too so that was my thinking and uh get get the quarterback that's going to uh, maintain value for a while and and like well, i said i'm i'm higher on kyler than most i don't mind that trade at all and i think you're exactly i'm just going to kind of pivot into mine because again it's the same team in the same kind of trade yes um mine was to send jameson williams to doug for jimmy g ceh in a 24 second and I mean, I, I did put the 22 link in there, the 23 link, you can see the picks and the first pick that Lambo Calrissians that, that Dustin has is the 213. So he doesn't really have any like early right. rookie picks. And then Doug has, doesn't have a second, but Doug's got the 111, the 311. So like he's, he's kind of in that later half as well. 
Um, so again, my thought was then you don't have a 20, like a 23 second. You, I would just be fine going in the future for that. In my mind, though, sending Jamison for a quarterback, like you don't have to send a quarterback to get one. I think Jimmy G is a good short-term rental kind of quarterback. I think, too, with the way that Doug's team is built, he could be looking at a rebuild as well and saying, well, I'm going to keep Murray. I'm going to build around him. I've got Allen. I don't need to move Allen. Um, but then getting Jamison Williams isn't a bad deal. Like I just, It depends on what both teams think. So, again, I love your, your trade is kind of the opposite but similar to mine where you're trading up for Kyler and rebuilding. Mine was splitting up Jamison for a running back, a receiver, or sorry, a running back, a quarterback, and a future pick to kind of split up that asset into multiple groups because I do agree with you. I don't know if he's got 10 starters on this team. So my thought was we need to get more starters on this team. Like we need to find ways that we can find another another body to fill in. And this trade, I feel like, does that. I think CEH is at his floor right now. I don't know if he's going to get much lower. Of course, he could get much lower in value, but you can get him for almost nothing on some trades, and I think he's going to have an okay year. Not somebody you're excited to start, but when you need to start 10 and you only have eight starters, CEH is looking better than some of the other guys on his roster. You know what I mean? Like, I'd much rather start CEH than uh, Daria Gumbawale or Daryl Henderson, who doesn't even have a team, right? So, like, some of those guys, I'm like, I'd still rather have that guy. But I think it's interesting we took the same basic approach, just opposite directions uh, for the same team of Dustin's. And I see uh, on the sheet, Peter, you're, you're making some notes. What are you thinking, I guess? What do, you, what do you think about our trades or what do you think of your own trade for Dustin? How would you help him out? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm doing this on the fly. So, you know, always unprepared, it. never right. That's that's uh, the spirit here. Um, I'm going to split Motto. the baby and do both directions because screw these haters, dude. You can go whatever direction you want. You can win. I can there see you how go. you were competitive last year. you got A.J. Brown. Um, and Amor Ross St. Brown, of course, you made a run. Uh, Kirk Cousins with a, you know, a Wentz flex. Um, as far as your picks go, it looks like a late second round picks your first one. So I guess you traded yep. it at some point to get some of these studs. Um, so, all right, first direction. If you want to go win this year, I mean, just to get the preliminaries off the board, if it's possible to trade for the 101 at a reasonable value, you do that. If you can trade for Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, you do that. Just want to say that because every league's differently. Always, always do a fact check. Hey, are you stupid? Will you give me these guys that value? <laughs> cool. No? All right, I love so it. we move forward. <laughs> And um, you if you're trying to win right now, if you and, and literally say it in the trade comment just so they can't say that you're ripping them off later. Like, hey, I asked. I'm just checking. Um, yeah. It's a fair I'm question. doing a series for DLF this offseason about ranks versus value, looking for who rank is like better than ADP and what we might be able to take away from that. So I'm just going to give you some highlights. If you're trying to win right now, I think Travis Kelsey is a really good target for you because your tight end position is pretty good with Hawkinson and some depth. I like CR Austin Hooper. You've definitely caught on to where people get the tight end position wrong, in my estimation. Um, but uh, Hawkinson's all overvalued right now as Travis Kelsey is entering his age million season. And if the guy's got dynasty brain, that could help. Looking at his roster, I forget what it was called, but he's got like Mike Evans and Nick Chubb. It doesn't look like he's scared of age, but he also might be at a point where, hell, my team is going to roll over next year and I have to rebuild already. So he might be interested in Hawkinson plus that late second for Kelsey. That instantly makes your team more competitive this year. Kelsey is difference maker. Hawkinson's great, but I think he's valued a little too highly because of his target share yesterday, which is condensed. It's a little extreme. And Goddard is my go-to on that one as well. But since you're trying to win, Goddard should be pretty close to Hawkinson, and he's often not. But um, 
yeah, Kelsey's the target. Kelsey's who you need if you're trying to win. Um, and that would be my first stop to see if that guy is a little worried about the fact his team's literally about to retire next year. He shouldn't be, but, you know, again, are you stupid? Um, Aaron Jones and Debo are both interesting targets who are trying to score points this year, and I think they're definitely in the range of outcomes. I didn't get to check out either of those teams, though, so I can't really give ideas. Um, and just generally, like you guys, I immediately went for the quarterback position. I was like, is is the Lamar Jackson owner panicking right now? Is the Kyler Murray yeah. owner? But that's definitely a rebuild-type move. Also, interesting values, Dak, like I mentioned earlier. But Mac Jones, Russell Wilson, how much is your league feeding into those narratives? Because both of them have more upside than where they're currently ranked right now. Those will all be winning moves more than anything else, apart from Lamar and Kyler, which are just solid no matter which direction right. you're going. So you should probably explore those first. Dak as well, to be fair. Um, if not, however, and I also I pretty quickly rolled over into what Rocky was thinking. We think most of our teams are competing. And to be honest, all you have to do is get to the playoffs. And like you said about last year, you've got to punch it. Everyone's got a chance. I mean, the worst team or the best team can literally just have the best players for that three-week span or whatever, and you win. And I really enjoy playing Dynasty that way, which is why I want you to consider, should I roll it in? Should I try and win next year? Um, outside of that, rebuilding or it's always good, even if you're trying to win or just get to the playoffs. You can think value, and that's probably the default of what you should do. So Lockett is, has never been worth what he's worth. But if you can add a second to him and move to a late first-round pick this year, do it. Or just a straight-up second. Lockett's, unfortunately, always been undervalued. But if you're building, you definitely don't need Lockett. I haven't been able to successfully do it. I just like have lots of Tyler Lockett. I'm pretty happy with that. But if in your league someone's actually willing to give a second or let you double... Add the second to get up into the late first. You should do that. If you're building on this team, you should be trying to get 23 picks. And normally we mm. think further out with building. But if you're still in that window where people are like, is this class good? You want to be the one saying yes. Because especially because this year we do expect running backs. And that's a very quick turnaround for your team. So you're trying to do both. And Hawkinson, again, easy trade in a number of different ways, especially if you're building though. Um, but with building, might want to tie Kyle Pitts instead of Travis Kelsey. And um, Kittle is also in that Kelsey tier, by the way. But if I'm going for one, I'm going for Kelsey first. I'll try Kelsey yeah. second if I'm going that way. Uh, Kittle second if I'm going that way. But easily just as viable target. And um, Hawkinson, trade for Kyle Pitts or you're trading again. You're just trying to trade into the late first as often as possible. And then you're going to try and tear up from there. You don't need the one-on-one if you're building. But ultimately, you'll get there if you can. Like, don't don't worry about it. Yeah. John Robinson's going to be worth a lot by the end of next season. And that's where my head would be at. Swift, you can kind of keep no matter what you want to do with your team, but I would explore trades. He's one of the few running backs people are actively interested in this time of year. Um, mm -hmm. And if someone in your league is like that, then Swift is a sell, especially if you've got your head in value, which is where it probably should be. But, you know, you, you could let your freak frag fly like I do a little bit more than I should. <laughs> um, I'd trade Cousins. If we're going into it, like Cousins has uh, not got much left on this contract. He'll be good. He'll continue to be good for a number of years. We're probably looking at his value not going up from this point forward. Right. Um, so if you can trade into a Mac plus a first in a super flex for sure, even if it's in 24 and in 25, you're just looking to move for value, future flexibility for your roster. So Cousins becomes a potential trade away. Again, sorry I didn't get to dig into it enough, but those are the places no. that stick out in your roster. Um, that's helpful that's and helpful those are the sure. type of ideas i'd be thinking of again it's about what your league makes want if that guy with all those old players and travis kelsey is like no i'm gonna go win then it's out it's fine and um, then you can try and trade for him for value because he actually has some interesting prospects and probably more first than you 
uh, assuming he didn't trade. Again, I should have dug into this a little bit well, deeper, but it's kind I of thought... doing it while you guys were talking, so that's as much. Yeah, as you're good. It's all good. I really and like this idea for a segment, anyway, by so... the way. This yeah. is a really good idea yeah. for a segment. Yes. It's a way for us to talk specifics, but also be vague, right? It's a way to use a league to kind of piggyback on that and give some value talk. Did you have something you want to get in there, Rocky? Uh, no, no. I was just saying it's it, yeah, good. It's all good, Peter. Yeah, we well, it, we're, we're long anyway, so to get yeah. into, get into specific. Yeah, sorry trade. to turn you into a two-hour podcast. By the way, that was that's, that's yeah, that's kind of I expect me sometimes. I love it. I don't. Hopefully, the listeners love it. I loved it though. So that's all yeah. that matters. Well, I, I wanted to say this because you mentioned <laughs> it a little bit too, there, there, Peter. And I think Rocky had even mentioned this, but like, where did his 2023 first go? Right. I actually looked while we were doing this in December of 2021. Dustin traded his 23 first for Michael Gallup, Jawan Jennings, and a 23 third. Ouch. Mm. <laughs> that's one of those, that's like, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather not have done that, you know, but that's that's a year and a half ago, right? We've all made those kind of trades, so I'm not hating that, on you. That's a lesson like, from there, though. Like, Michael Gallup yeah. is a fine target. I love Michael Gallup. Are you yeah. kidding me? Um, but you had two years to get that back. That's the whole idea of trading future first. Like, they make them every year, but that means... Should have been a little more active until uh, up until now. Like now, it's almost the worst time. You have to go all in to try and sell all your yeah. best players to get as many firsts as you can. And um, otherwise, you're looking at 2025. That's another. If your league's like, no, I'm gonna go get these running backs, and you're like, yeah, that's that's solid. You're not stupid. Um, so you start <laughs> looking stupid. at 25, and okay. uh, like the like the guy did to you with your 23 pick. It doesn't mean you don't have to wait till 25 to trade them. Um, right. But yeah, because 24, everyone knows to keep your eye on next year's class. So we've gone to a little bit more extreme. 24 is a really interesting class for quarterbacks, by the way. When you have Travis May on next week, ask him about it. He's got some really interesting ideas oh, about the sure. way COVID affected eligibility. And he thinks a lot of the best prospects are going to be coming out next year, a year older. And some people are stupid. They will think that's bad. And they're the best prospects, <laughs> but they're a year old, so they're going to look weird. And a lot of the ones that we hope come out... And there's this whole thing, and like 24 might be the year where your team's a little thin at quarterback. Start investigating it. Amen to that. All right. Well, Peter, where can people find you until until you annoy them? Like, just keep poking and prodding until someone's like, "Fine, I'll give you all the value." And you're like, "Yes, thank you." <laughs> Fine, <laughs> I'll give you all the value. I love it. Well, Peter, where can people find you? I know you got a lot of things that, you're working we on. We have an episode over there. Exactly. <laughs> where, where can people find you, Peter? Where I know you're on Twitter, but where can be you? A lot of different shows you're working on. Where Where is it that people can find you these days? Ba- basically, everything I have to say is here. You're good. Just listen to the Dynasty Junkies. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter if you want to All tell right. me how wrong I am or come back. Like, seriously, I do actually value that. I started to keep notes on myself since the moment I started this. I want to know what I'm getting wrong. Sometimes I forget because the mind doesn't like pain oh. and wants to forget. Um, so let me know how it works out. If I said something that leads you in the wrong direction, you can come tell me. I'm not going to take offense to that. Um, in yeah. fact, I would help. It helps me keep notes. I was like, oh yeah, I did think that about uh, Israel Banakanda. Like, damn, I'm stupid. Nailed and it, it helps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just at me on Twitter. I like, especially now, if if they let me keep being on Twitter, I don't know what's going <laughs> on with that. Uh, but at P.A. Howdy, I've got links to everything else in my link tree, which is in my bio. So if you are interested in the Dynasty Crossroads, my podcast or the YouTube show, YouTube channel where I stream the Dynasty Grind every week with Zach Reed and also Dynasty Outhouse. We go live for three hours. Just answer any question you happen to ask. I think speaking of your format, that's been one of the most best feedback I've got. It's like very few people answer questions because it's all very specific. But if you're live and they're like, 
they can explain it and you can do a back and forth and you can really get into the weeds on, oh, well, maybe try this and that works in your yeah. situation. It's been fun that way. Um, but it is long for us, but uh, we're, we're enjoying <laughs> it. But yeah, you can find all of that through Twitter. It's just at PA Howdy. Come tell me how stupid and I am or come look at that sheet or don't, to be fair, and follow the Dynasty Junkies because, you know, Travis May is on next week and that's probably actually who you should follow. <laughs> it's good. It's, well, we're, we're, I think we're all kind of, in a way, we're all kind of dummies to use the line from the dummies, right? It's like we're all just doing our best to get through this. It's a fun hobby. It's a fun time. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> your work, Peter. You're a really good follower. Thank you. Obviously, I love hearing your your opinions on things i like hearing your your analysis on stuff because it's very different than mine so i'm really glad we could have a good talk today. i try, I try I, my you best don't even day. need to it just happens pete it just happens <laughs> uh, but again follow us at dynasty junkies you can follow myself at andrew hall ff you can follow rocky at dynasty ff addict uh subscribe rate and review follow us on the dap network at dap underscore network on twitter and on youtube where we go live every week well sometimes uh and if you're watching still i know we had a bunch of people in the chat scampers really truth or all that this is a late night for us. Oh, Rocky. we had a We're chat. All right. So would have been that if they told me. I'm sorry, Mister Scampers. Okay. I know you. It's okay. We got Dave. Toronto, we got Toronto Dave. Dave. Like yeah, you guys kept great. these guys a secret. Stars of the show back here. Let's Pretty see. sure you're a pro, Peter. You know what you're up to. But again, it, it, with all of that, again, thank you so much for listening to this terrific two-hour epic uh, of podcast. <laughs> sorry, Rocky, do, you have, do you have anything else you want to mention before we call it a night? Me or never Peter? invite yeah, Rocky. Peter on your podcast. That's no. all Rocky thinks. It's like, don't do this. I've been a hostage for two hours. I don't like this. <laughs> no, this has been great. I've actually home. really enjoyed this. I'm just saying it's late. I know we're, well, we're of course, not used to being you up this funny late. Rocky's like... been stuck here this entire yeah. time. I know. <laughs> it's funny too. This is my, my maybe the longest pod we we've done on junkies, and we started like. An Wait, hour later than we ever started. So <laughs> um, like, should we cancel? I'm like, no, I'm just making coffee. Let's go. I know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, so uh, no, I don't really have much else to add. Just one, like you said, but all the guys in the chat, John McGlynn was there earlier. Puff Pass Kiss, yes. uh, oh, Dave, Mr. Scampers, recovering. I Rudy, met John, you know, not to name drop, but I met John. And if you're interested, yeah, in John's good guy. People, yes, Fantasy Expo, man. I'm not a get out of the basement type, but it was pretty fun to meet people <laughs> like John and same, in real life. same Peter. I got, I got, I got to meet Peter Howard at the FF Expo. Right. So I know I got to meet a whole bunch of people. I'm not going to say you, but oh. <laughs> but yeah, <no. laughs> no, but yeah shout, shout out to all the people in the chat uh thank you to peter for coming on and and for for talking for the first half hour before andrew showed up so i didn't have to and <laughs> <laughs> love it and uh yeah I, other than that uh, hey, we'll scott fishbowl. we didn't even get to the scott fishbowl food this oh, year God, hey, what yeah. you food It'll be Dude, great. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Rocky's face. Yeah. I was nearly out. And he... I know. I'm trying <laughs> to finish this damn yeah. thing up, Peter. We're over two hours. Anyway, I'm just going to stop it now. Junkie's out.